1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Happy Tuesday morning, Rickies. We are The Junks. We're coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, 910 The Fan in Richmond, Virginia, and Monumental Sports Network. We're presented by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and Cooling Company of the Junks, if you're looking to be the next five-star HVAC technician or plumber, you just go to cropmetcalf.com. You can join their team today. I am Cakes. My Twitter handle is at MoneyMetalCakes. I'm pretty sure I'll never call it X, even though it could be costing me followers. Could be the case. At CakesFlops on Instagram. I'm joined by Jason
3: Bishop. What's up? What's up, Cakesy? JP? Hello. Matt and Matt. Hello. What's
4: up?
2: Those are all of the principals that are here. Don't forget Mike Marr also here. <laughs> oh, Mikey Mar as well. That, Forgot is, about that Mike. is your crew leading you through a Tuesday morning. E B on the road following Marist Lacrosse, who I believe has a midweek tilt at UMass, hmm. I think tomorrow.
5: I yeah. saw you were busy this weekend at
2: MGM National Harbor. I was, yes. How'd you fare? Uh, I didn't fare well. I didn't. Get, I didn't get the the uh, the bag to come back on day two for the opening event of the Potomac Winter Poker Open. Was that Saturday or Sunday? I played on. Or did you Sat- play on Friday? Oh, hold on. Let me think. Let me let me go back. I believe I played. I'm trying to remember. I played Saturday morning in hopes of coming back Sunday uh, for day two. I uh, couldn't make it. Played for about six hours. Got eliminated. Oof. That's uh, that's the way it works sometimes. Six hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes people play for 10 or 12 hours and get eliminated with no money. So that's <laughs> kind of just the way it is.
5: It was such a cold weekend, though. Being inside was oh, probably yeah. the best play. That's
2: fantastic.
5: I finally got out yesterday, and it was kind of a last-minute thing. We didn't have plans, but me and my buddy went out and played some golf yesterday. And <clears throat> the sun was out. Mm-hmm. It was a nice day. So it was like, yeah. Let's go out and sneak out there. But by the end, my hands were cold. And I, I'm not somebody that uses lotion on their hands. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a combination hands of things. Cracking. Did a little bag work on the heavy bag boxing without gloves. It was My, my son and I went to lift weights over at uh, Lifetime Fitness. And they have bags upstairs. And he was like, do you want to hit the bag? And I, And usually if I don't have wraps or gloves, I'll just hit it open hand. But I hit a couple. And my... My knuckles are all dry.
6: It rubs the and lotion. Banged on up the skin or else. It do you ever use hose again. Do your
5: hands ever get super dry from the cold and mm, this time of year? A little, but I I mean I would only use lotion very infrequently. No, my my knuckles are like cracked. I've got like cuts in like two or three spots.
2: And I, and this is just this is a weird detail. I'm not a lotion guy when it comes to other other pursuits. Neither am either.
5: I. Don't need it. Yeah,
2: it's, it's <laughs> unnecessary. It's just uh, it's it's a step that's it's just an extra step. Yeah, it's just gratuitous.
3: Yeah, you need the lotion. You got to. But anyway,
2: <laughs> you were inside
3: for yeah. six, seven I, I hours. Did they have DJs. on a Saturday?
5: Yeah. Did they have any concerts going that night at MGM National Harbor? Uh, are you so?
2: I don't believe so. in your poker box that you never know what's going Here's on. Here's the thing, JP. When they have breaks during the poker tournaments. Yeah, everybody flees the poker room like uh, like like cockroaches in your guys' old place where you would turn the lights on in College Park because everybody has to uh, go use the bathroom, go do whatever for 15 minutes. And I tend to use the bathrooms downstairs by the theater. So I get to, when I come out of the bathroom, I see the acts that are coming to MGM in the next days, months, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Biggest act that I, all of us know that I think was there this past weekend, Boys to Men. Poison oh. <laughs> men, you know, I'm sure just That's a big one. make the trip down from Philly or wherever they live. I know they're from Philly. Yeah. Come and perform at MGM, and I'm sure it's packed to the rafters when they come. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that happened the day of, but it was like the day after. The I haven't tournament. seen
5: a show at MGM National Harbor for several months, mm-hmm. but I always have a great time seeing shows there. Also at Capital One. I've seen, I just, I'm not that familiar with his comedy. I've seen that. Nate Fergozzi is yeah. doing Capital 1. He's huge now. God, that, when you're doing the Capital 1 as a comedian, That's, you are just raking in the it's dough. about the
2: biggest room you can do. <laughs>
5: are you that familiar with this I, comedy? No. One
2: of his one of his uh hour specials, I guess on Netflix. He's very funny. Nate He's just Bregazzi? blown up like name? the last Nate year. Nate Fergozzi. B-A-R-G-A-T-Z-E. Yes. Man, he
5: is pretty I'm funny. S- I'm
3: so out of it on the on the What type the of humor does scene? he do?
5: It seems like just kind of regular dad family man humor with, or I gonna, might be wrong.
2: I'm gonna go with look, I'm no comedy expert, but I'm gonna go with his style is observational slash deadpan <laughs> humor. And I don't look I don't I don't know if somebody that's listening uh would would uh refute that, but that's kind of the the vibe that I get from him when I see him do stand up. He's very funny.
5: Yeah, I'm I'm more familiar with like the old school guys like I really I think I want to go see David Spade. He's mm-hmm. coming to town in March. Yeah, I like to see, you know, three or four comedy shows a year, and then maybe two or three
2: concerts mm-hmm. if I can like to mix find the right ones. Yeah, and find the right date. I mean, I've told Jason that Judas Priest is coming to MGM uh, in a <laughs> few months in May. If, I, if he wants a ticket, I could get him a spot in a suite. I'm sure. I'm sure I can pull some strings. See, and let's that work happen. that out. Let's make that a party night.
3: I'm sure so when
5: you lose your tournament. Do you extend the play with your cash game? You've done no. that before.
3: I have done that before. So you just
2: drive home. No. I left I left the premises within probably 20 minutes. I went and hung out in a lounge for a few minutes, had a drink, like a San Pellegrino, not like a real drink, and then hopped in my Matchbox car and was, spent home. Saturday what was, was the,
3: the first-place prize of that tournament?
2: The first-place prize of the tournament that I got busted out of was $143,000. Yes,
3: yeah. I had a buddy who finished... 39th. Okay. You took home like 2,500 bucks. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty. De- that was for, good. For finishing
2: yeah. top 40, that's a pretty decent score.
3: Yeah. Saturday
5: was the day where we had a little bit of snow Friday night into Saturday. And I remember on Friday night, we were hanging out at some friends' <clears throat> house and they were like, oh, it's supposed to snow six inches. Yeah. It was <laughs> what a what dusting. A do- it died. But it sucks. It canceled all the activities on Saturday. So I coach my daughter's basketball team. That was canceled. I was in the house a lot this weekend. That's why I got out yesterday for. Golf. Going to
3: get warm though, boys. It's Going Good. to be close to sixty, if not sixty, on Friday. Although it's supposed to rain the mm. next week, midweek, Wednesday, Thursday, sixty-seven. Was oh, it warmer in North Carolina where you were? Yes, it was warmer in North Carolina. It was. Where did there, you visit? It's called Southport, southeast of Wilmington, mm. and it was about sixty-five to seventy. Ooh, very nice. Just beautiful day. I might have
2: to look up this swanky locale. I
3: saw <laughs> Doug Cameron was
7: apologizing on his Facebook. Oh, he was? Yeah. <laughs> he said, because of he his prediction. The fact, like, I got to do better.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> just, what, what
2: a terrible gig it is being a meteorologist. I mean, people just, they always, like, point at you and just point out your shortcomings, and when you miss the forecast, they never laud you. They just, they, they just, they just grill you. you when you miss and you predict four to six inches of snow, and it's like, there's like half an inch.
3: Well, I think his prediction for the year... Was um, in the forty thirty to forty inch range, okay. and we're way off on that. Yeah, way low. So I, the under. I saw him over the weekend say, "I got We got to get about ten to twelve more inches." than I'm in the vicinity. Okay. So you know he wants to be right on his predictions. Yeah. But he's not even so close he, right now. He's
2: kind of, his grasping for snow is kind of like me grasping for the Caps to get the last uh, playoffs yeah, Oh, you're grasping <laughs> in the East. You're both <laughs> graspers. We're both grasping.
3: Yeah, I like think I, you're I'm, grasping a little bit more. Like I'm than he grasping
2: is. tonight that the Caps upset the Devils. It's a four point swing in in the playoffs. Are they playing base. at home tonight? It's at Cap One. Yes, at I looked one. at
5: it this morning. I told Cakes <laughs> and I saw they're eight points out of the last mm-hmm. wild card spot. Yeah. yeah, that seems like a lot. Now, they do have a couple games in hand, games but even hand. if you games win right both here. of those games
2: in hand, games you're in still hands. four back.
3: <laughs> yeah, but they're not the type of team that's going to go on a run and win five out of six. Most likely,
2: no.
5: They're not Probably that good. not.
3: I mean, they could surprise me, but I don't no, think they this are. this
5: season's about accomplishments. T.J. Oshie, 300th goal. That's right. So yep. That was big for him.
2: Hey, look, if the Caps do not qualify for the playoffs, let's just have Ovi stay in his heater. Just keep up That's the
3: goals. what it's about this year is just <laughs> yeah. him getting closer Sadly, and closer. Sadly, that
2: seems like that's what is going to keep people's attention. So what do they
3: have, 50? They've played 53 games. They've got 56 points. Yeah. Cake is dedicated to the Capitals, yeah. though.
5: He's got his beanies. I he's have, got a yeah. sticker on his laptop. That's correct. Yeah. What are the stickers you on a laptop? Do you, uh, laptop? Do you have a shark uh, laptop?
2: A, 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 my, my daughter gave me a bunch <laughs> of stickers, so I, I dressed up my boring laptop. Most of them are team logos, but do you just have a shark down there? bands that I just, you know, I'm I'm way too old to be be into, (laughs) that sort of thing.
5: By the way, Jason, I looked up Southport, North Carolina. It doesn't look like it's that far from uh,
3: Myrtle Beach. Yeah, because Myrtle Beach is the northernmost part of South Carolina, so it's not that far. I mean, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, maybe a little bit longer. I'll
2: never forget mine and Valdez's uh, romantic trip down to to Myrtle (laughs) Beach, South Carolina. It was fun. We had a good time. We played golf. Nice. I watched we, all these stick big lippers in his mouth. We
8: uh we, we also did the fastest trip in the world we driving back from Myrtle Beach. That is correct. We Kakes, also cakes was a lead foot.
2: We also <laughs> we also brought yeah, this was a no no, but we did it. We brought I think glass bottle beers down to the lazy yes. river at the hotel and we we just mm-hmm. we just lazy riveted around oh, did you? on the air tubes. Lazy rivers beers. are silly. Yeah, We played golf with
5: listeners, right? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it was
8: for the it was for the DC to Myrtle um, promo. It was the the best part of
5: that promo. Is the promo included?
8: a uh,
2: flight right. and then, and then and then they, they we cancelled it right and the flight <laughs> fell through that was like one of the cornerstones of the promotion yes. was hey get on a bird fly from DC down to Myrtle you're there in 45 minutes i don't know how long the flight takes right. and bang you're out of the golf course you're you're yeah, you're getting up with your friends you're slamming 20 miller lights it's a good time had by all until the flights fell through and then they're like oh you have to drive down to myrtle right. that's brutal instead and we said okay road trip time Hopped in the car, sped to Myrtle Beach, did the trip, sped I, back.
8: I think I, I only went because Eric was supposed to go, but he, like, broke his hand. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I weasel my way into the trip. Hey,
5: perfect. It hey, at out. least we had one decent golfer because he had the two
2: worst golfers of the bunch <laughs> and me and Cakes. Yep, correct. For a golf trip. That's okay. Nobody's keeping the, that close a score when you're playing at, at Myrtle. People are just there to have a good time.
3: Yeah, but getting down to Carolina, it was it was a so it's about a six-hour trip. Mm-hmm. I, I broke another land record coming back.
2: Cannonball run did. I like that. I yeah. respect that. Just
3: had to stop once for gas, and I got under six. Is that yesterday? Under, this impressive. Week. No, this was Friday. So I got back on Friday, but broke another land speed record. That is very impressive. I mean, when, you, when it's 70 for most of your trip, well, I mean, you're, you, I'm going 80, you cruise go, control. I
2: think you can go 84 to 86 and not get pulled <laughs> over. In well,
3: 70s I, I, didn't, old dicey. I, I didn't do that. Like, I I maybe, usually hit eighty, maybe eighty. Yeah. Well, maybe. when you get into Virginia, you can't oh, go. Oh, Yeah,
2: Virginia's no joke. Maybe like,
3: in Carolina. Once,
2: uh, trust me, I've learned over the years, Virginia, you don't mess around.
3: Don't
4: mess around. Like in Emporia, Virginia.
2: like even when you're close, when you're at like Emporia, you're like ten or twelve miles from the Carolina border. Right. You want to open it up? No, just hold on. Then you get to North and South Carolina. I'm convinced that they either a don't have state troopers or mm. b they just don't they care, don't care. If you speed in their states, yeah. And then you could just go wide, freaking open, and just, just, just speed away. Just have a good time. In North with Carolina,
3: them. I was just go- I was wide open, right. Just in do fact, it. when I was going down there, this was just around Richmond.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I was going, I was cruising at about 84, 85. Okay. And out of nowhere, because I'm pretty good at, at seeing the road sure. and, and noticing where cops are, right? Paying attention. And out of nowhere, this cop, state trooper, <laughs> was right behind me. Oh. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I so even, stressful. I didn't, I didn't even know where he, like he came CLU, from. He just Your heart takes, starts beating you know, fast. Yeah. So I, I. He
2: was in stealth mode on
5: So you.
3: I slowed down. I didn't break. Yeah. Because I think if you break, that's <laughs> so just a tell. telltale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, just, I just. Just play it cool. I hit the cruise off and yeah. then, you know, slowly started to slow right. down. But he got off on the next exit. He could have right. easily gotten me for sure. about 85, 84 to yeah. 85 yeah. miles yeah. per hour. Yeah. But he had to go home. Right. Thank God. Good. But once you get the Carolina, you can just cruise.
2: Yeah. It's. It's carte
3: blanche. You do whatever you want. So what else is going on? Matt and Matt, what's going on? What's going on in your in your lives? How was the three-day weekend for you?
8: It was good. I spent it with my uh, parents. My mom just put, turned 69.
3: <laughs> Very oh. good.
2: Happy yeah. birthday, Mama Myers. Yeah. Mama Valdez. Nice Happy job. Happy birthday to you. Was
3: that a uh, in-house dinner? Or did you guys go out?
8: Um, <laughs> my in house my uh-huh. dad made dinner uh-huh. my dad is not a good cook oh, oh really? No. This <laughs> is <Yeah>. a trouble. <laughs> it's a it's hard it's hard to lie to someone mm. when um when they make a crappy meal
2: well, i mean he didn't even attempt just to like to grill i mean that's usually no. the dad no, default no, 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 grill he made, something and... he
8: made this um, shrimp pasta thing uh, it's a shrimp pasta dish
2: tried to do like a shrimp scampi type deal yeah uh. yeah, yeah
8: and it was just it was caked in cheese <laughs> i mean <laughs> and butter mm-hmm. cheese yeah. it the worst it was the worst meal in the world the, oh. the shrimp the shrimp was unseasoned mm. and was Probably. chewy and so it was just so a terrible meal it was bad and yeah.
4: you had to act like it was good Yes. Yeah. and Ew. then i
8: could i could read the look on my mom's face she okay. was very appreciative that yeah. he made the birthday dinner sure but you know we had to lie through our teeth yeah. and then basically uh at nighttime i uh as i'm getting ready for bed i said good night that that wasn't that good was it and she goes no it was awful <laughs>
2: but nobody actually told nobody told nobody told bob yeah but this will get this will get back
8: this will get back to him sure
3: this is my way of telling Hey,
2: you know what It, it it'll save him time and effort in the future now he'll never do it again I would guess. Well did
3: he, when he was eating it, could could you tell if he enjoyed it or was he well, just kind of lukewarm? My dad my dad would eat anything. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> he didn't really care. He didn't really care.
7: <laughs> the number one you can't experiment on on holidays or big meals. Yeah. You have to stick to what you know. Especially if you're cooking for somebody else. yeah, like, you gotta do right. that. Right. Yeah, you, you, If you're not a great cook, you cook a hamburger or yeah. cheeseburgers <laughs> just... <laughs> or steaks or whatever. Exactly. You can't mess around
8: on holidays.
2: Grill some chicken so, like, breasts, you know, marinate it. It's easy.
8: Our excuse for not eating as much. Is, uh, it, it's so rich. I can't have too much. It's so rich. So
2: rich, right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. you substituted rich in for bad yeah. <laughs> mm. is the way you approached it. Well, that sucks. I, you know what? I'll give your dad credit. He he, he, he made tried. an effort. He yeah. He, he gave it the old college try. It didn't quite work out.
8: There's a reason why he doesn't
3: cook. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, for number 70, you guys are going out. You tell dad, you know, we're going out for dinner.
2: There you have it. That's probably the move.
3: For, for 70. 70 is yeah, yeah, a big say, one.
2: Say, uh, Pops, you botched this shrimp scampi for uh, birthday 69, number 70. We're going to step up. Yeah. Go out to the nicest place in the Dina, whatever that is. I don't even know what that is.
8: Texas Roadhouse. Go
2: to Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> oh, that would be good. Don't they have like the cinnamony butter that you put on the rolls? <laughs> is that yes. correct? So good. I don't think I've ever been to a Texas Roadhouse.
3: I mean, it's been a while. I've been there.
2: Mm. Don't
3: Roadhouse even know where is there elite. is one. Side yeah, of The, the sweet butter on the oh, rolls sweet is just butter, so sounds... good.
2: Sounds amazing.
3: Joe Pyle, so good.
2: Yeah. It sounds like the total opposite of the uh, NBA All-Star weekend. When we come back, oh, we'll
3: get it. I didn't watch much of it, but well, I didn't watch any of the All-Star game, thank God. Right. Uh, when I saw the final score, I couldn't believe it. You guys have to break it down for me. I'm sure JP <laughs> well, watched some yeah, of it.
2: Yeah, this guy's going to break it down for you, because I watch as much NBA All-Star weekend as I watch C-SPAN.
3: You, yeah, I know you don't watch these bands.
4: So,
2: there you have. It. But
3: I, but just based on reading some of the stories about the the actual game, you're going to have to break it down for me, JP. But were they literally just standing there on defense <laughs> and not guarding anybody? That's usually how, that's usually the way it works in the All-Star. I'm game. That's Short
2: answer, pretty correct. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's the way they do things. Yeah, they don't care. All right, so we'll get into that next. And coming up later on the show, Barrys Verluga, Washington Post sports columnist, he will join us coming up at nine. And we touched on the Caps earlier. We'll. Do a deeper dive with our pal Joe Beninati. He is the Caps play-by-play voice on Monumental Sports Network. He'll join the show coming up at 9.40. Welcome back to the Junk's. Don't forget, Barrys Verluga will join us coming up at 9 a.m. Lots to talk about in the local D.C. sports scenes. We'll talk to him at 9. Joe Beninati at 9.40. But the NBA All-Star Game used to be something like all of us would look forward to, especially the skills competition, the actual game. I mean, the think- games
5: used to be competitive, and we'll get to the game. The whole weekend is a joke, and I didn't watch any of it. Cakes, to uh, actually had a date night on mm-hmm. Saturday, and that's I'm, I used to. I used to really look forward to the dunk contest and the three point contest, mm-hmm. and I just had no interest. Mac McClung won it again, but I wanted to rewind even before that. They do make it this huge weekend, mm-hmm. and there's a celebrity game, and Micah Parsons won the MVP, and I happen to see some highlights of that. Mm. I just don't know these YouTubers. I don't know who these people are <laughs> that are so-called celebrities. Let me go through. Yeah. Can well, you get how your you, buzzer and ding ready? How are you supposed to know a bunch of
2: YouTubers? Yeah. I mean, well, some people know. Like My Mr., daughters
5: know like, them, I guarantee it. is
2: Mr. Beast playing? Or Brad Owen, who's a poker vlogger on YouTube that I follow. I am not. I wouldn't know any of them. Okay,
5: but tell me if you know right. any. how many of these celebrities you know from okay. the celebrity game. All right, start with Micah Parsons. Sure. Indy Car Series driver Connor Daly. Drabby probably knows.
2: I'm going to say no, but I mean, the Indy All Star Game is in Indy, so I understand the kind not of why I they took, put them there, you know, yeah. in like it is Indy 500, a huge event, you know, like. In that town. So I, that makes sense. Actor, Quincy Isaiah. Nope. Mm, Can't yeah, help. I'm gonna go no there.
5: Seattle Stormguard, Joel Lloyd. Streamer. <laughs> this guy won streamer of the year. I looked him up. Unless
2: it's Ninja. Streamer,
5: I Kai Sinat. I, I have heard the name.
7: I mean, he's mega famous. So I, I know, know, but do you watch Isn't his he... stuff?
5: No, but I know who he is. I see his stuff all the time. I don't. I've never seen anything that he's produced. Mm-hmm. Actor Dylan Wang. Nope. Have to go. No I, I might recognize his face. YouTuber and TV
2: host Lily Singh. Uh, you know what this tells me?
3: Have we <laughs> talked
5: about
2: her before? The, the NBA, like they just can't get so-
4: real can't celebrities get to, go. Yeah.
2: Or, to come and play in the game. Or
5: these are real celebrities, and we're out of touch. Singer songwriter Sir. <laughs> Country singer <laughs> Walker Hayes and Latin singer. And well, A.A. All right, now on the, the coach of that team was uh, Shannon Sharp. Okay, I, I okay, do know I, him. I, know,
2: I do know that. Person. Stephen A.
5: Smith was the coach of the other team. Here we go. Okay. Actress and artist, Jennifer Hudson. Okay, I know her. Meta World Peace. No, nope. Definitely know him. You Graham. even know his old you, name. You know Meta World Peace. <laughs> Hold, on. Hold on. You're not Ron Artest. Ron Artest.
2: It took me a second to track there, but okay, my brain's still <laughs> semi functional.
5: Basketball entertainer.
2: Jack Ryan. I know, I know the fictional character, Jack I've Ryan. Know, I've seen Patriot Games. I've seen Clear and Present Danger. I've seen all of those.
5: I haven't watched the third season of Jack Ryan. It's probably been out forever. I saw it.
2: It's, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad.
3: I watched the Pre- first two. Pretty what good is, product
2: on Prime what Video. What does
3: Jack Ryan do when they say, he, oh, he's a street ball player? <laughs> there you go. Oh, he's a street ball
5: player. Uh, CJ Stroud. All
2: right. Definitely know him. Chef Kwame Anwachi. I no, but I'm, sh- I'm sure he made a better shrimp dish than Valdez's dad did for his Phoenix mom. Mercury guard Natasha Cloud. Nope. Content creator
5: Tristan Jass.
2: Mm, no. He,
5: I he's saw the highlights. Player. He scored like 30 points. He does trick shots, and he's just blown up. Okay. You're aware of him, uh, Drabby?
7: Yeah, he's big on social media for basketball. I, I, I,
3: I do basketball recognize team. this guy, yeah.
5: I, I didn't. I've seen um, a couple of Musician things, but... Adam Blackstone. No. an uh, Olympic no. high jump champion high jump Gianmarco from... Tamberi. Well, I
2: mean, that's... No.
5: So they start off with that. Then you have All-Star Weekend on Saturday with a three-point contest, the dunk contest, and they had... Curry versus, um, how do you pronounce her name, Inwescu, Ionescu. Ionescu. Yeah. And watching the highlights, that one looked good. Although, Kenny Smith got a lot of criticism. I don't know, Valdez, if you can find the audio of Kenny Smith afterwards. So, she lost by two points. She scored 26 points, which would have won, or at least tied, the three-point contest with the men.
3: All right? oh, she's a baller. So, I mean, Damien
5: Lillard won that. She's a great player. So Damien Willard, uh, Lillard won the the three-point contest mm-hmm. with 26 points. She scored 26 points against Curry, lost in the head-to-head because he hit his last shot. All that. Okay? Yeah. So that was exciting. And then Kenny Smith went into a whole thing. I got all this criticism <laughs> about how she should have <laughs> shot from the women's three-point
3: line. Mm-hmm. She did okay from yeah, the man. She did why, great.
2: Why? What, is, what does it matter? Like, who cares?
3: It's just something he, to talk about. Yeah, something to I, I, fill in time. Sure, I guess. That's what it is.
2: They, you know what? Kenny Smith knows. He knows the weekend as a whole is a farce. And he's just he's just trying to come up with some sort of talking point, I guess. And yeah. then
5: they have the dunk contest. And I went back and watched all of the dunks. Um, Jalen Brown was trying to do some... Homages like he did an homage to Dominique Wilkins. Mm-hmm. The broadcast missed the dunk. Yeah.
3: Because oh, they, they were did. like
5: showing some sort of highlight. <laughs> and then he did a D Brown. You know when D Brown did his Cup dunk? It is, yep. Except he did it with a twist like somebody was holding the ball. I think it was Kai Sinat. Held the ball, and he got it, and he did the dunk. But mm-hmm. he did this after he, like, landed. He <laughs> did the, you know, the blindfolding himself after he landed. Well, here's the thing about So the, then the, Mac McClung won again, and he's an amazing dunker. Yeah. He's basically not in the NBA. He plays
3: in the G League. I know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Now, what he can do physically, the way he can get off the floor, is ridiculous. All right? so but He mean, jumped he, over he, Shaq. He's clearly the best dunker in terms of how high he can get up. But every dunk's been done 100 million times. Yeah. So that's all they do now is just try and jump over the tallest guy.
5: He jumped over Shaq. Well, he, his twist was he did kind of the the windmill, the, the backwards windmill, but was pretty impressive. So he jumps over Shaq, then basically did an alley-oop to himself in he, he, the air. He, he drops it, the ball. catches yeah. it, and then dunks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty sick.
3: Well, no, he's unbelievable, but, but he's again, not in the NBA. But he's not in the NBA. And was he in the NBA last year when he won it? Was he I think he G played League? a
5: couple games. I don't think he had been in he the had NBA. He signed the
7: Sixers right before the dunk contest. Oh, but Obi Toppin's little brother was in it. He's not in the NBA. Right. What was the most embarrassing was the judging. Like, they, it was like Mitch Richmond and <laughs> um, Dominique Wilkins, they'd bring him out every year. Some uh-huh. dude named like Darnell Hillman, I think, old dunker or something like that. Just. It was so... The, the Nubs dunks, they were given 49s. The great dunks, they were given 46s. It, it felt rigged, to be honest with you. Like they were trying to push Jalen Brown into the final because he was the biggest name. Hmm. Um, yeah, it it, it it was really bad. Yeah, most most of the dunks had been done before, but they, they were missing... Like they missed the Jalen Brown dunk. Mm-hmm. Just, it, the whole broadcast was kind of a nightmare.
5: <laughs> yeah, and then they have the All-Star Game, which Cake said, you know, we grew up watching it. And even... 15, 20 years ago, there was really good competition. Like, I wonder what LeBron thinks, because I think he was part of games where guys went at it. But it has devolved to the point where, look, he won the MVP, and he made at least two of them. Yeah. But Damian Lillard was pulling up from the half-court
3: mm-hmm. line. They're making the game a farce. Yes. Because back I mean, in the 80s and 90s, when you watch these games... They were trying hard to win. and They were. They were trying to win the games. It's
5: just a three-point contest. I think Carl anthony Towns mm-hmm. scored 31 points in the fourth quarter. That's
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's just kind of like the way the league is now in general. I mean, no one's playing defense, and if you score 120 in a game, that's, you have an, that's an average offensive output.
5: I was telling Jason during the break, you could probably Google it and see it, but Luca and the Joker ran a fast break where they were basically playing patty cake down the court, not even catching the ball,
2: just patting it back and forth <laughs> to each other. Yeah, that's like a like a, a rec league coach's dream. They love that. Ball, so no, ball's I don't not know. Touch the ground here. I don't know what
5: they can do. Look, the Pro Bowl gave up. Right, the Pro Bowl yes, went from hunted. Sean Taylor delivering bone crushing hits mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. a joke. So they just called it quits, and they did uh, flag football this year and skills competitions.
2: I think eventually you're going to see the same thing happen. The NBA All-Star game,
5: it used to be competitive. I I, I think because it was so bad, NBA TV showed an old All-Star game, and I happened to see the ending, or maybe I saw it on Twitter. I don't know where I saw it, but it was Kobe Bryant and Stephon Marbury going at it at the end of the game. Yeah. And it looked like a Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Like, they were going at it. Mm -hmm. And now, they literally stand around so that somebody can dribble down the court, then bounce it so that LeBron can come in for a dunk. Or they throw it off the backboard for an alley-oop. Or it's just three-pointers after three-pointers. I might be wrong with the number, but... It was something like 169 three pointers were attempted in the game. I think. Think about
2: that. Wow. I think I'm speaking for all of us, except for maybe Mike Marr, Maybe even for him too. We've all officially aged out of any sort of All Star game, whether it's NHL, <coughs> NBA, NFL Pro Bowl. I mean,
5: but but they're, even they're baseball for kids. Baseball used to have interesting matchups like. Especially when they didn't, when the National League and American League didn't play each other regularly, yeah, yeah. you'd be like, "Ooh, get to see Randy Johnson against right. you know whoever." Let's say who moved to the National League mm-hmm. and you'd be like, "Oh, Randy Johnson against Ken Griffey Jr." Right?
3: Yeah, they were good matchups. And I don't even know where it turned in the NBA All Star game because back in the '80s and early '90s, you might have 250 points scored total. Right. Now you're getting close to 400 points. Right. Do they still do that weird rule at the end in the fourth quarter? No,
7: they got rid of that. That actually okay. made it somewhat interesting a few years ago. I mean, n- 95% of the game was mm-hmm. a joke, but with uh-huh. the Elam ending, teams competed in the final few minutes. Yeah. But this is just <coughs> another uh, mark on Adam Silver's career, in <laughs> right. my opinion. Like He's oh, just he's getting dragged on Twitter ever, so hard. Like, like The NBA community, I think, likes him. Right. If... But he just gets dominated by the players. The mm-hmm. players do whatever they want. Right. He bends over backwards sure. for him. David Stern's rolling over in his grave, no. sure, for handing it off to this bum. <laughs> <laughs> the, the load management, the lack of physicality, yeah. the tampering—just the, the goof. It's just a goofball league at this point. Like nothing is taken seriously. I get it, it's an all-star game. But Luka Doncic shot a, like a 75-foot shot with 40 seconds left in the half. There was It was a total farce. I can't imagine paying $5 to witness that whole right.
2: thing. Right. I mean, I, it's, it's shocking right. that the arena is full. I mean, it's full. It's just, people go out there and they people, watch that dribble. It's an event. I, I understand why people are drawn to it because you know, the NBA superstars are there. But don't expect to see any sort of competitive game, first and foremost. And certainly don't expect to see a good dunk contest because that ship... Has officially sailed. Well, don't
5: discredit it's, what, what McClung does. It's he's just, talented. He's <laughs>
2: but when, when he's not even really in the league, like that's yes. a huge problem. Like Adam Silver should be going to these guys and saying, we need superstars at the dunk contest. I can't have a fringe NBA G-leaguer dominating the, the, the dunk contest. Because this McClung
5: was- is a better dunker than, I mean, like, do you remember when, I'm forgetting which Barry, Brent Barry won
3: yes, Brent. the contest? Yeah. I mean,
5: it was great. Yeah. Whatever, he jumped from the foul line. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. Um, but how long but he was would, Matt McClung yeah. would crush him. McClung would beat yeah, almost McClung, everybody. He'd probably beat Blake Griffin. I mean, he drew, he's,
3: he's got a 50-inch vertical. Problem I mean, is,
2: stupid. how many jerseys has Matt McClung sold?
4: Ten? Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
5: but when it comes to the game, I just did the math. It was 168 three-pointers attempt. Right. And I heard about, yeah, Luca's thing. I did see, these guys are so skilled. Um, There was a clip, this wasn't in the game, of Luca just goofing around, shooting half-court shots, but shooting them as, like, the highest you could... And he made two in a row. Like, you <laughs> right. should see the clip. Right. I'll show you during the break. It's unbelievable, but the game and is a force. It right seems there. like
3: they <laughs> Luka, they try and, and, just, and just... No, I love... I
5: mean, but Dame Lillard hits half-quarters cakes like yeah. you hit layup. They try <laughs> They try
3: and score more points than the previous year. Sure, That's what it's come down That's to. Always I don't move.
5: understand why,
3: when they
7: play in, like, the Drew League in the summertime... They compete so hard to prove, you know, who's better. Right. But in the All-Star game in front of a worldwide audience, it's a layup fest, right. a dunk fest. It <laughs> yeah. makes no sense to
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> You're terribly vexed about the NBA well, All-Star I'm game. annoyed, beyond annoyed. All right, when we come back, we will talk about the passing of a Terps legend over the weekend. We'll get into that next here on The Fan. So sad news over the weekend. Lefty Drizel passes at the age of 92. And, I mean, he's just a local Hoops legend. I mean, the guy won 786 games, I believe, in his career, yep. 786, 394 on his career. When he retired, he was the fourth winningest NCAA Division One men's basketball college coach. Obviously, we remember him from his stint at Maryland. He also, I think he's the only coach in college basketball mm-hmm. history to have 100 wins at four different schools. Yeah. Like said, the like I mean the guy won wherever he wherever went, he went whether it was Georgia State Madison Davidson yep. or Maryland uh, I'm mean, a huge impact on college coaching huge impact on the Maryland program obviously um you
3: used to go a to a lot of games as a kid Jason. Went a ton because I'll I,
2: say lefty I, you
5: know it, it, it's not before our time. But I was an early college basketball fan, and my the first team that I really liked was Georgetown. I don't know, maybe I was just mm-hmm. jumping aboard the winner. Right? Um, I liked them before Patrick came there, but I liked Georgetown more than I liked Maryland as a kid mm-hmm. for some reason, and I ended up going to Maryland. Um, so I knew Lefty in like the Len Bias years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian Branch They had some really good players, but I didn't follow his career that much.
3: Yeah, I mean, I would. I was. I remember the first game I went to was probably 1980 Mm -hmm. when they were playing UCLA. And UCLA had a great team. Rod Foster was one of their uh, guards. And, you know, they had a kind of, I can't remember the the forward they had who played in the NBA. Uh, But anyway, so they were ranked number one in the country. And they came to Cole, beat Maryland. Mm -hmm. But that was one of the first games I watched because my mom was a huge Maryland fan and she would take me to games. And then in 1981, which was Adrian Branch's freshman year. Adrian Branch was one of the best players to to play at Maryland. Mm-hmm. He beat Ralph Sampson uh, and UVA with a a free throw jumper at the buzzer. I think the final score was forty seven forty six. It was a really low scoring game, and I remember storming the court because everyone stormed the court, and I stormed the court. <laughs> court storm. When I was eleven years old, look at you. And I went up to Adrian Branch, I gave him a high five. Right. Um, you
5: are probably already six foot
7: when yeah, you 11. He's probably I can't like,
3: remember. what is this kid, a walk on. Look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, who's this, this kid? Tall, look at this
2: tall, kid. And,
3: then, um, tall lanky kid. and then obviously, you know, bias comes and bias and branch in 1984 was just a great year when they beat Duke in the ACC championship mm-hmm. and then they end up going to the NCAA tournament, played David Robinson and Navy, beat them, lost to Villanova in the Sweet 16. But yeah, I mean, lefty. He was—he had such a personality, man. He was really good for basketball. He was just a local legend. I remember in 1986, his last year, I was working Maryland's basketball camp, mm-hmm. Um and we went to
2: easy paycheck,
3: easy well, paycheck, but it wasn't a lot. I probably made <laughs> oh, I'm sure I probably made fifty bucks for the week. Sure it was meager, <laughs> yeah, it was nothing. <laughs> and I remember we got a ride to the the original Lidos was right down the street from Maryland okay. in Langley Park. Yeah, we went down there and we had lunch you know we had got an hour lunch break or 45 yeah. minute lunch break went down there was me and a couple of guys and lefty walked in okay and you know he ordered his food sure and then our our ride left us okay for some reason just ditched you he so got stuck at leto got stuck at Lido's, and lefty said that's well, all right boys come on in mm-hmm. i'll right. get you back right <laughs> He, he gave us a ride back. Nice. Wow. look at that. He didn't gave know, us a ride back to Cole.
2: Didn't know you had that uh, that sort of uh, relationship with Lefty.
3: And he's just, he was just awesome. I mean, I only got to talk to him a few times, but he, 100%, he was a local legend. And he um, it would be interesting to see how he would deal with the NIL and the portal now. Because he would go out. and He was a re- great recruiter. Mm-hmm. I mean, a great recruiter. And, I mean, he
2: recruited Moses Malone to Merrill, and then
3: he goes pro. He goes pro, right. He's
2: boned Lefty.
3: But um, – <laughs> He, yeah, he was just fun. He was fun to watch, and uh, it was sad. But 92 is a great run, man. That is a great run.
2: Amazing run. He also introduced Midnight Madness. That was lefty's deal.
5: Yep. Although I saw him thing. credit George Raveling, who I guess was on his staff, okay. for maybe coming up with the idea. He's a great storyteller. I saw yeah. his mm-hmm. Hall of Fame speech over the weekend, and he had John Thompson there and Raveling and I think Coach K maybe introduced him and he's just such a good storyteller i think he said when he was recruiting moses malone people thought he left his wife because he he said he was there for a week and he said he would have been there for two weeks if if that's
3: what it took yeah um so that that 19 when i, I was talking about the ucla game that 1980 team uh vanderway was on that team rod foster um, Jamal Wilkes, or James Wilkes was on that, Jamal Wilkes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, who was the other kid? Michael Horton was a great, great guard. When was Day. Lefty
2: Dunn at
5: Maryland? Was it 86? 86. Yeah, remember after yeah.
3: the bias thing, he he resigned. And then he, um, I think he took a job.
2: Then he went to it, Madison.
3: Yeah, he went to Madison. But didn't he take a job? Didn't he stay with he the Turks? He took the a Terps? position
2: as an assistant athletic director.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he went to... James uh, Madison, 88. So, yeah, that was I mean, That was a sad time, too, 1986.
2: Oh, tremendously sad yep. the, the, in the wake of the Len Bias tragedy.
3: But Lefty was great. Lefty was awesome. And uh, that's a great run, 92. 92. he is had so, a yeah. huge impact for, for especially high school players in this area who would love to go watch the Terps play.
2: Yeah, his, and, and his the, record at, at Maryland was 348 and 159. <laughs> Sixty-eight percent winning percent. You know what? I'll give him. I'll round him up to sixty-nine, sixty-eight point six.
3: And that, those those branch bias years, man, they were really good because those two kids could really play. Man, they were awesome. I was hoping to get branch on the show. Branch used to work for ESPN, covered mm-hmm. college hoops. Doesn't do it anymore. I think he lives in Texas, but um, I'm sure he's got great stories. So how how did Bob Wade follow Lefty? Was that I mean, did Lefty coach at all
7: after Bias? Or did the pressure no. mount so much that summer that?
3: No, at Maryland he was done, and um, and Bob Wade, you know, he was a great a high great school, high coach. school Dunbar, like Baltimore. A Baltimore, yeah, Baltimore Dunbar, area high d- school coach, yeah. Dunbar, Baltimore, and he had you know great teams there. Then he came in, and um, you know he it was tough for him because of the whole transition and um, NCAA was doing some investigating uh, on the bias thing with cocaine, and it was just a bad time.
2: Yeah, the Bob Wade era, very forgettable at Maryland, 36-50. Yeah. and 50. I
3: yeah, want to say my freshman year... He was just a stopgap. EB mm-hmm.
5: and I used to go to a ton of games, mm-hmm. and I want to say my freshman year we won one ACC game. It was brutal well, with Bob terms, Wade.
2: The Terps went 9-20 that year. Yeah, 1-13 yeah, in the I ACC. told you, we won one ACC game. His ACC <laughs> record, 7-35. and 35. But then
5: our right. sophomore year, um, Gary took over and... You know, just changed everything. Right, of course. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't immediate in terms of success. They couldn't even go to the tournament, but just Gary's presence walking in the arena it was so different. Mm-hmm. Fist pump. Yeah, those are <laughs> yeah. some
3: great years too. But um, I know, I know that it, it was, was, a was a great signature. run for Lefty.
2: I, I just don't remember. I don't remember Lefty <clears throat> doing the, the the victory with it. I don't remember him doing this walking off the court. I know he did it because I, yeah. I see it on his wiki, but I. It, I just didn't watch a ton of Terps games back yeah, in like, you the early '80s. You, you weren't
3: into to the Terps until the, I mean I watched basically some, but it wasn't until like Gary got there, right? Yeah, right. No, I grew up on it, man. I was anti Georgetown forever. I was pro. I was always pro Terps. Pro Terp. Yeah. And I don't know for
5: some reason Georgetown was my squad I mean, as I a can, kid.
3: I can understand why. I mean they were great and they yeah. had great players, but. Um, Going to Cole in the 80s was awesome.
5: I love Gene Smith on defense. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Michael Jackson. Those are
3: great teams.
9: David Wingate.
3: But um, RIP to to Lefty, and uh, 92 is a great run. And um, I know Feinstein will have some uh, stories about Lefty on Friday. Certainly.
2: So pour some out for Lefty Drizell tonight. Passes away at the age of 92 over the weekend. What a life, what a career for him. When we come back, we will talk about another local team. We'll talk about the Nationals, the latest on their sale or maybe not a sale. We'll get you the latest on that next here on the...
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional terms apply
8: hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank
2: The Junks are presented by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and cooling company of the Junks. If you heard Savannah McCann during the update, she mentioned what we wanted to talk about here. The Nationals have been taken off the market. They're no longer for sale. Managing principal owner Mark Lerner says, quote, it's not the time or the place. Mark Lerner told the Washington Post on Monday that the team will remain under the family's Control. Nats took the for sale sign off the front of the Nats Park. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, just my gu- just
3: my guess was pretty simple to me. They didn't get what they're asking. I mean, they yeah. want two point four billion. No one's giving them two four two point four billion mm-hmm. for this team.
5: Yeah, I was going to say, is that because they're not getting the offers? And yeah,
3: I- what I really would want
5: to know is does that mean they'll start spending again.
3: Uh, that's a great because question. Because
5: sure. they were spenders for a while. They were not necessarily the top. Team spending, but they were amongst the top spending teams there for a while, giving huge contracts to pitchers like Scherzer mm-hmm. and obviously Steven Strasberg, giving big contracts to a lot of players along the way. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they became a bargain basement
2: team. It is really yeah. shocking. I mean, the league average payroll for 2024 is. $147 million. That's the, that's, the league, that's the league average. Because the top teams, I don't know if you have the top Hunt teams. I've got them. Okay, give me the top three teams. Top three teams. This Dodgers. is according to Track. The Yankees coming at $290 million in total payroll. The Mets at $283 million, And then the Astros at $237 How are the Dodgers not up? Maybe this is not an updated list. They have the Dodgers number eight. At $209 Because well, they only paying Otani of... like okay. a million, okay, right? So that... yeah.
5: Oh,
4: yeah, <laughs> he deferred wacky... his money.
2: He deferred yeah. a bunch. That's so true. the Nationals, <clears> for <throat> year 2024, this upcoming season, they have the 23rd payroll in the league, $90.1 <laughs> million. Yeah, and, and they were spending, like if you were to look back at,
5: I don't know, can you go year by year? Can you go to 2017? Uh, sure. Go to 2017 and see what the Nationals were spending. It was probably double.
3: I was gonna say it's probably 160 million, 170 million. Uh,
4: yeah,
5: oh, I'm...
2: I need to be a premium member to to come oh. up with that. But I'm sure I can find it somewhere, somewhere on the web.
3: Well, that's what it says to me is that they just never got the offer they were want they were wanting, and that no one really came close. The Orioles were were sold for what 1.8 billion, Matt? What was that? What with the Orioles? Yeah, sold it was for? just under two. So I'm guessing that they were getting most of those offers in under two. And they want more than two.
5: 2018, the Nationals, according to Google, had a total payroll of $181 million. Yeah, So they've it's cut double. it in it half. It was a double. Yeah, It's the same owners. If they're going to stay with the team, I would just urge them to actually start spending some money. Now, I know <laughs> what they did is they basically got rid of all the payroll. And they're trying to go with young players. So they're probably still another year away from... All these guys being on the major league franchise, I, I would guess maybe at the end of the year we'll have Dylan Cruz and and and, and Wood in, in the outfield. I don't know, mm. but it's I think if if they're going to stay with the team long term as owners, spend some money.
3: Yeah, who knows what's going on with the real estate because they were in they were in dire straits during COVID with all the real estate investments they have. So I don't know what they're doing. I think I've heard they're consolidating all of it. Okay. Um, so maybe they're. taking Tire straight of- sounds
2: like a stretch, <laughs> but I. I they, well, they, they think were losing. Time, they were so losing
3: I, a bunch of money.
2: Relatively hard times. Correct. Yes. They were losing
3: a bunch of money on the real estate. Um, I'm not saying they were going to be homeless. <laughs> right. I get that. But you know, if someone comes in, you know, later this year or next year, and offers closer to that 2.4 billion, I bet you they would sell.
2: I, I just. Find it hard as far to... as
3: them spending money in free agency, I mean, I think you're just going to get the Jesse Winkers and the Joey Gallows of the world. <laughs>
2: I mean, that the, first name the next... that you mentioned, but that sounds that sounds like All Star cakes. Sounds like a Nat signing,
3: but they are all about right now, and I, Nat's fans probably don't want to hear this. They're all about just grooming those young players, and hopefully, two or three of those become you know All Stars. And if that's the case, then they'll have to spend money in four or five years when their contracts are. Yeah,
5: up. they could end up. You know, becoming really good. I don't think it's going to happen this year.
3: Nope.
2: But it's just embarrassing. Personally, I feel like it's embarrassing when you're spending less than the Kansas City Royals. Like I, I just consider Washington like a few pegs above Kansas City when it comes to. I would agree. Mark- market size, importance. I would agree. You're not going to spend as much money as the Royals. Kind of a backwater team. Like, what are we doing here? Like, well, you're spending fifteen million. I, less I hope than the that Royals? the learners
3: are used to seeing the stadium. You know, at twelve thousand people, if that. I think they're starting to get used to it. I, mean, I don't know how they're making money.
5: They haven't had a winning season since they won the World Series.
3: Correct. And and you know, and they what, were better. What, what, they were Rizzo? better last year than we thought they were going to mm-hmm. be. Yes, right. What, I what, think their win total this year. I could be wrong on this. I, thought, I think I saw sixty six and a half. Okay, <clears throat> it was much lower than that last year, but. You know, gonna, they're starting gonna, to inch their way towards you know, the mid-70s still wins. Still waiting
2: on Savannah's season win total prediction because I am going to tail whatever that pick is.
5: What for- Rizzo would say, and he's right, is you know for a decade they were competing for a championship. They were a perennial playoff contender for a decade. And then they won a World Series. But it's been bad. And, those- and he says... He said it many times, I've done it before, mm-hmm. going to do it again. You know, he would quibble with the word rebuilding, yeah. reboot, whatever the hell they want to call it. It's mm-hmm. a rebuild. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if they can do it again because you get kind of used to it, got used to a team that was competing for a playoff spot. And the stadium was more full because they were competitive every year. And they had stars. And slowly but surely, star after star left.
3: Well, and then if you took Steven Strasburg's contract away and Patrick mm-hmm. Corbin's, what would their total payroll be? Oh. What's it now? 70? I mean, for the upcoming season, it's 90 million. Oh, so it'd be even like in the mid-60s. <laughs> right. Yeah. Where would that
5: rank, Cakes? <laughs> if their payroll was 70 million, where would that rank? Because that's really what it should be.
2: They got uh, dead money. Mm-hmm. 2024, it's 65 million, you said? That would be... Near the bottom. That would be... Only above the Oakland Athletics, who are at forty-five million. That's basically what they're spending. The Pirates case. are at sixty-seven million. They're basically spending that plus Strasburg and Corbin. Right.
3: Our Nats
5: fans contracts, which they gave years ago, mm-hmm. that have not panned Our out. Our Nats
3: fans bummed that they haven't been sold. I'm guessing a lot of them are. Just I kind of based yes. on how the last you know five years have gone, four or five years have gone in terms of what they're spending in free agency.
5: Yeah, because I think there's hope that some rich billionaire takes over and spends
2: some money.
3: Correct. And at least
2: the last five years. Bulletin, they have rich billionaire owners already that just don't want to spend it. They don't want to spend it. I mean, aren't the learners one of the richest families in all of baseball? Yes. I don't know. I believe they are.
5: I don't know the rankings of the. I know a few uh, years
2: ago they were the the richest family that owned an MLBT. But 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 why aren't they
3: spending any money? I'm telling you. They used to. I'm telling you, the real estate hit during mm-hmm. covid hurt them i know they're not poor but they got crushed with right. that and i think that's continued until now and they're still trying to climb out of that hole i know they've got money but they've got all this money tied up in buildings all over dc and northern virginia and i'm telling you that's one of the reasons they haven't money. i'm sure money. it
2: is but it, like once you emerge from the, the covid issues like i don't know that less could, and less of an excuse that could take years and you can't, you can't just keep being a bottom seven eight spender in, in the nation's capital. Like, it's just, it's embarrassing. And you don't co the funds anyway. Like, it's a separate entity.
5: Maybe it affects your judgment and the way you feel, but it's treated separately. Like, they're, right. the, the revenue from the baseball side really it's, shouldn't be affected by the revenue on the building side and rent side, right?
3: Right, but that's what I'm saying. They're probably not, they don't have, have the revenue from the baseball side that they used to. Mm-hmm. So, well,
5: that's partly yeah. on them because their product isn't as good.
3: I get it. I'm Keep just, I'm just look, telling you. I mean, I'm looked, just telling you fellas, i and I got a credible source on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got crushed yeah. in the COVID real estate I'm business. Sure.
5: I understand that. However,
2: you know Just think crushed? about the succession. We all got crushed. You know what we're back to doing? Spending. You spend, that donk spends, all of us spend. All of us are
5: back to not spending. As, not think about the succession of stars that left. It started with Bryce Harper. They won a World Series without Bryce Harper. But Anthony Rendon goes. Mm-hmm. Trey We're Turner's gone. We're talk more about
2: Anthony Rendon later. Yeah. Trey Turner's
5: gone. Juan Soto's gone. Scherzer's gone. I mean, All right,
3: well, to defend the learners a little bit, they offered Juan Soto over $400 million and right. turned it down. All right. Now, since he didn't sign everyone says oh they don't they don't spend any money they mm-hmm. offered him over 400 million and so. everybody's
2: going to crush mike rizzo like <clears throat> mike rizzo's hands are tied yeah. like he's given a budget he's given a limited amount of money to spend and he's going to try to build the best team he can with the resources that he's given so don't crush mike rizzo because the team only wins 65 or 70 games well, so. then you or got, whatever the number is you got to
7: figure out if rizzo's the right guy for you because rizzo he's not like raise front office where they like super analytical where they money ball type thing where they can right. develop have deep farm systems and keep the cycle like the age used to do over and over and over again the learners have to decide whether they want to eventually spend money or mm-hmm. not we can give them a pass for the last couple of years because the team was trash but here in a year or two if they don't start spending money this is the new yeah. learners and we better get used to it and then it will be a disaster well, remember and it not. is a joke remember Rizzo
3: Rizzo did Change a lot of the scouts, a lot of the in- mm-hmm. international scouts. They made a bunch of changes. Mm-hmm. You now maybe that's because over the last four or five years they just weren't bringing in those international players that they they thought they were going to get, and they're trying to keep up with the rest of the league. So we'll see if that helps. I mean, Rizzo relies on those guys.
7: I mean, even now w- with everyone talks about these young guys coming up, they don't even have. They're not even ranked in the top ten in Keith Law's farm systems. They're very top heavy. You got three stars that you're mm-hmm. three potential stars or three above average players that you're waiting on. Who's that, that
5: Wood Cruz and who's the third? Uh, uh
7: Brady, Brady House. House. Okay. Yeah. It, not to say Brady House is going to be an all star anything yeah, yeah. like that, but he should be an everyday player. Outside of that, you still don't have a lot of anything. Mm. So there got is a, a lot of work
3: to do. There is an international player that they they signed and I can't remember his name. Um I think he was seventeen or eighteen last year that they're really high on. Um Riz really likes him. Now I don't know if if he's going to turn out to be an all-star, but they do have some guys in the pipeline. But you got to hope that two or three of those guys really work yeah, out. They
2: better hit. Those Dylan, better Dylan hit. Cruz
3: has to work out. Yes, James Wood has to work out. Absolutely. But, and, but to go back to your and original Abrams, premise, by, by the way, C.J. Abrams last year in the second half, mm-hmm. he was good. Was unbelievable. Yeah, he's very good. To go
5: back to your original uh, <clears throat> kind of question and point, I think it's bad news that the learners aren't selling. And and, and and the fact that they're not for sailing longer, I think, if you're a fan of the team, you're disappointed. If you want to chime in, 800-636-1067, you can call us on the MGM National Harbor list lines. I don't think anybody is going to say, I'd be hard-pressed to find anybody that would call in that would say, they think this is
3: good news, that the learners aren't selling. Yeah, I think a lot of NAS fans are probably disappointed. Be, I, think, might, I think it's maybe
5: almost it's, universal maybe it's that good there'll news be in disappointment this. That the learners aren't mm-hmm. selling, and look, they brought a championship to D.C. Mm-hmm. They brought a World Series here. Yep. They're successful, but because of the way it's ha- happened, you know, the last five years mm-hmm. since they won a World Series, everybody I think was excited about the prospects of a new owner.
2: I'm so- grasping, but may- maybe over the you know year and a half, two years that the team was on the market, maybe they really belt tightened for that, and now that they're Taking the team off the market, maybe they'll be willing to spend more. It's the kind of optimistic way to look at it. But you
3: got to understand that. And the kid I was talking about is is Christian. I think his name's Christian Vaquero. He's 19. Mm -hmm. They're really high on this kid. He's he's at single A ball. He's obviously got two or three years to kind of groom. But if the Dylan Cruz, the James Woods, the Brady Houses of the world, you know, they got Cade Cavalli who's coming off the injury. If they all become really good players in three years, this team could be really good. Right. But you gotta kinda get through the doldrums of the next two or three where you're winning seventy games. If you know, maybe they get lucky and get close to eighty, but it's tough I, division. I think, the Nats, yep. I think the Nats fans are probably a little bit bummed because they know that they didn't spend money this year and they're probably not going to spend money next year.
2: Nats fans, if you want to chime in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines at 800-636-1067, you can do that. Is it bad news that the learners have taken the nationals off the market? They're no longer for sale. If you want to give us a call, you can do that at 800-636-1067. We'll be right back.
1: Coming up, This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
2: Later in today's show, we'll give you a chance to win two tickets to go see Luke Bryan's Mind of a Country Boy Tour 2024 at Chiffy Lube Live. So keep listening for your chance to win. But right now, we're taking your calls on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, 800-636-1067. Is the news that the learners are taking the Nationals off the sale market? Is that good or bad for the team moving forward?
5: I put it up as the junkies poll of the day brought to you by Van Meter Homes. Love those I guys. I think it's going to be close to 100% bad news. Mm.
2: I guess we'll I'll give see. you an
5: update here in a couple minutes. Okay. It is very early, uh, 85% bad <laughs> news. There's 15% that say good news that they're not selling the team. I mean, again, they did bring a World Series to Washington and had a perennial contender for a decade. There are.
3: There's got to be some fans out there that are just appreciative of what they did. Definitely. They went out and spent a bunch of money on certain guys. Rizzo drafted point, well. They, they turned into superstars. Look,
2: there, there's a honeymoon after that. Yeah. I understand that. <clears throat> Same thing with the Caps. But you know what? The sand is pretty much through the hourglass for the honeymoon for not only the Caps, for the Nationals as well. Because I agree. The Caps Stanley Cup title was in 18. <laughs> the Nats was in 2019. Yeah. I mean, it's... We've got a lot of time in between those those title runs well, look, and now.
3: If this lasts another 4 or 5 years mm-hmm. and the learners still have the team, right. I, I I would agree. But, you know, owners have to deal with these superstars that have expiring contracts. You can't keep them all. Right. Turns out they didn't keep well, they kept Strasburg, but he turned into to a, you know, injury-prone player and he was never pitching. And you're
5: right, and they didn't make a big offer to Soto. They made a big
3: offer to Soto. He decided to go to free agency. Um, but if some of these kids work out, they could have a pretty good team in in three years.
2: Yeah, they're well, playing. They, they're playing the long game. That's uh, what they're going to need because I don't see them being in on any big name free agents at least in the next yeah. They're going
5: to get the Nick two.
3: Senzels and the Joey Gallows of the world right. right
5: now. Yeah, probably not. Doug McKinney, who used to produce this show, said anybody who says good news isn't a Nats fan. No. Mm. <laughs> Let's go to the phones, 800-636-1067. All
2: right, let's, uh, let's go to Jason in Woodbridge. Jason, you're on with Junks. Good morning.
5: Hey, good morning.
11: What's up? Uh, yeah, I was definitely sad to hear it. I mean, Ted Lerner was the one that was the real owner that cared about the Nets, The sons and the family, I don't know. But I was hoping we would get, like, you know, the Saudis to buy the team or somebody with stupid money. But, you know, hopefully we can uh, – Make it come up. Hopefully, these young guys can step it up.
3: Are you? Ex- Bring them up are you, year. Jason? Are you excited at all for this particular season?
11: Oh yeah! I hope you guys start talking nationals every day. Give me the, uh, the single A lineups. I mean, come on, let's, oh, hey, let's hear it. I
3: can guarantee you, we're not
2: going to do that. <laughs> I can. I can <laughs> no, but I can see why. No, we're not going to do that.
3: But I could see why you'd be excited to see some of these young kids. Now, I don't know if you are going to see James Wood and Dylan Cruz, right. You know, before the All Star break, but. You might see them afterwards. But, you know, they've got five or six kids. And when I say kids, you know, they're 20, 21, 22, that you can start building around. Now, based on history, they're not all going to be superstars. No. What's
5: their likely rotation
3: may- this year? Oh, well, it's Mackenzie Gore and it's JoJo Gray and it's Corby. And um, so top two are young. They still have Trevor Williams. Yeah. Um, I don't know who the <laughs> fifth one would be, Jake Irvin. Okay. I think it the fifth one.
2: Man, I got a feeling Savannah's going to tell me to bet the but over. But you know, Cavall- so With that rotation, I'm not going to want to bet the over.
3: But Kay Cavalli was someone they were really kind of banking on. Right. And I don't know what his interest, injury status is now. I don't know when he's going to be back. But he would have been in the starting rotation if he were not hurt.
2: All right, let's go to Glenn in Sterling. 800 is the number. Mm-hmm. Is the Nats non-sale good or bad for the team moving forward? Glenn, good morning.
12: Good morning. I think it's bad. I think it's bad because I don't think the learners are in any way committed to this team. I think that if somebody like you walked in with a $2 billion check tomorrow, you would be the owner of the team. I think there used to be a team. I think it was the Redskins. The the slogan was the future is now. And if what we have is the future, then it's time to start seeing some of these guys because you can't just keep pending on on what's going to happen on miracles. As far as losing players, I mean, look at the Cubs. They lost Bryant. They lost Rizzo. I mean, everybody loses. The only, But the problem is everybody goes to the same teams. I think they need yeah. to show some commitment. I think it's time. Okay, you're going to keep the team? Then what are you going to do? Yeah, but Travi
5: brings up a good point. A team like Tampa doesn't Thanks, have John. some super high payroll. They find a way to compete all the time. Yes, the guys tend to go to the Dodgers and the Yankees mm-hmm. and the Mets. Mm-hmm. We understand that. But – in Major League Baseball, I don't have the list in front of me. Almost every year, there's a different World Series champion.
3: Yeah, but those are the teams. But the teams that you're we talking about that spend a bunch of money, they're always in the playoffs. Most yeah. most of the time. I mean, Boston has struggled the last few years. But most of the time, if you're spending money, you're going to be in the playoffs.
12: And the
2: learners, probably, they probably look at the Mets <clears> in their division and, say, they, and they say, we can't spend... Year after year, what that team spends. Well, they better look
5: at the Phillies and Braves too. Cohen,
2: like (laughs) that guy, doesn't care about spending. Like he's his payroll for this upcoming season is two hundred eighty three million dollars. So the problem with them right now,
5: and he's he's, he's trying to cut some contracts. The problem with them right now is the Phillies and the Braves are in their
2: division, right? (laughs) Like that's and the Mets who have a top two payroll. It's a gauntlet. It's brutal. And they better hit. They better hit on those young guys.
5: What's the Phillies payroll? Phillies payroll oh, is fourth,
2: two hundred thirty-seven million. I saw that Bryce
5: Harper wants to to like extend his deal. His deal already goes like another ten
2: years. Yeah, what, is, what is he? Yeah. T- hold on, he is he to... doing a bit or is he serious? Oh, he's serious. He's looking to extend his deal. Was... With ten years left he on it, or play, nine years left on he wants it? Wants
3: to play into his forties? Just play first base or DH. You know,
2: if I'm the Phillies, I'm going to say, you know what? Let's just let these next few years play out. We'll we'll figure it out as we go. We, we've got you locked in for a long time.
7: Well, Bryce is underpaid. He knows he's underpaid, so he wants that extension. Well, that's on him.
2: That's on him for signing a, what, 12- or 13-year deal?
7: Yeah, but I feel like he, he thinks, and Boris thinks he's outperformed it, and he wants a little sweet sweetener at the end.
2: <laughs> well, that, if I were I the Phillies. He, he
7: is vastly underpaid. I, I, I understand you, that. You're but right. If I'm
2: the Phillies, I'm going to say, you signed a bad deal. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you wanted the long-term security. We gave that to you. Don't come back to us 2 or 3 years in and ask for more money, especially when your skills are going to be diminished when you're 39 years old. No, thank I, you. I think
3: it's i was going to say I think it's going to be a great deal when he's 36, 37, 38.
2: It, it might be if he keeps up like close I mean, to production. Anytime
3: you sign a contract for 13 years, what was this deal? 13 years, 12 years? Yeah, I'll look it up. I think it was
2: something in that he realm. knew
3: I mean he and Boris knew that it was gonna be he was gonna be underpaid based on you know the guys that were coming up in free agency. He signed he a that.
2: thirteen year three hundred and thirty million dollar yeah. deal. Yeah. I mean it takes him through twenty thirty-one. Yeah, he's got seven more years left. <laughs> yeah. But look, if you want to compete,
5: you can do it different ways, but I think that you have to have a combination of if you're gonna go young and bank on all of these kids that are in the minor leagues, you're eventually going to have to supplement them with some free agents. And to me, the news that the learners are retaining the team is bad news. You can vote at Junk's Radio um, because they just haven't shown it the last several years. Mm-hmm. They did 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Five years ago, it seemed like they were spenders, and you were happy with the learners, and they delivered a World Series, and you can never take that away from them. But right now, I'm looking at a division. Cakes keeps bringing up the Mets, $231 million payroll. Well, I'll look at the teams that are threatening to win the division every year, and it's the Phillies, $236 million, and the Braves, 193000000 million. Mm-hmm. They're over $100 million behind that. $100 million behind that in payroll. That's ridiculous. Well, maybe Ted, and it is not Oakland.
3: Maybe Ted has right. something to do with it.
5: It's not maybe Pittsburgh. It was Ted. Like the, the Ted teams Leonces? at the bottom or of Ted the payroll. Lerner. Okay. The teams at the bottom of the payroll, they've been jokes for years in terms of where they are as a market and where they are in terms of spending. The Miami Marlins, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Oakland A's. And that's basically where Washington is so right that's
3: now. That's why Nats fans aren't really looking forward to the season. Maybe for the first week. But, you know, once late May gets here, you're probably out.
2: We touched on it earlier that Corbin and Strasburg, they take up 53% of the current payroll.
3: Correct.
5: Two guys, one who doesn't even get on the field, and the other one who is the the best compliment is he eats up innings. Right.
3: Correct. All right, let's hit Brian in D.C.
13: Brian, you're on with the jocks. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. Hey,
3: Brian, what's Uh, up?
13: Hey, man. uh Yeah, i say it's a, it's a bad deal. It's a bad deal, particularly for me personally. I, I used to own a vending stand down at the uh, at the ballpark and they them jokers drove me out of business going cheap. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> when was when was it the peak sense.
3: for you? Were, was it the World Series year? Yeah. When were you making your most money?
13: Actually, I made my most money the year before the World Series. Okay, uh, but but the, but the World Series years was good too. But uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was good. What was your product? Good, well, what were
2: you se- what were you selling to
13: the masses? Dog, Hot dogs, water, dog. soda, you know, just the stuff, basic stuff.
3: So now you're not doing yep. it anymore. Nope, nope, nope,
13: nope. I lost money the last two years. I was there, lost money.
3: Wow. Yeah. You lose money. So, no, water, the way. Me. <laughs> I mean, so when you, when you say you lost money, how much would you spend for, let's say per game on your goods, on hot dogs and waters? How much would you spend?
13: Per, per game?
3: Yep. Per game.
13: Uh, on average, I'd say about, uh, five, five, about four 500. Right. And, 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 you know, I look to make a profit of at least, Half that maybe seven, make come home with about seven hundred and fifty dollars, yep. or a thousand or a thousand dollars on a real good day, but uh, it got bad the last couple of game, couple of years it got really bad.
3: So, what, so what were you saying? How much were you making on a bad day? So you, you make three four hundred?
13: Uh, no, no, no. Some, some on a real bad day, I yep. lose money. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, you I, lose uh, money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. About take home about two, three hundred sometimes.
3: Well, yeah, a real. Long. If, if they start getting good again, you going to get back out there on the street?
13: No, I'm uh, body can't. I'm 62 now, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's tired, man. He's tired of slinging Frankfurters out in front of the Park. By the way, I think. Uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Brian. I think, like, all that development, too, has probably driven a lot of the vendors, like, out of that spot, right? Like, that walkway down towards, like, the center field gates? Or are all the vendors still there?
7: They're, I don't know. a lot there. They're, they're still the there. hats and all Yeah, that they're stuff. still right
3: there. What about
2: yeah. the religious guy with the megaphone and the, the speaker? Yeah, is he yeah. still there, that guy, telling you you're sinning by going to a baseball game? That guy? That that's, guy's definitely still there.
7: That's a lot of trips to Costco for the <laughs> hot dog guy. That is. <laughs> going it, every day?
5: Yeah.
2: I it's would a, agree. It's
7: a, it's a grind. It's, yeah, it's the grind, grind of the baseball too. season. I find but, something else to do. I don't know were... how
5: he's losing the money. Was it, is he
2: paying for a permit or something? I'm sure, he has to have some form of permit. I don't. You know what? Though? <laughs> yeah. I've seen some of the setups. Yeah. Down there, maybe you don't need a permit.
3: That's a good point. No, he's saying he's he's losing money because he's spending 500 on his goods he's only selling yeah, if three he, or four hundred he bucks like 200 he's
2: 200 bucks for the hot dogs if he's losing hundred bucks, bucks per game. on the way in
5: I, I guess he's not much selling in. much water because if you're just selling the water you should be making a big profit they, well they, if you're just, only
3: getting ten thousand fans nobody's buying it that's true
2: now they would all, always stress that you can buy the water and i think you could bring in one bottle of water to the stadium mm-hmm. that was kind of their selling point i think it was buy it outside you can bring it in it's definitely cheaper than buying it because if at, you buy
5: Forty at Costco, right? Don't they yeah. sell them in like forty big mega packs for like yeah. four bucks or five bucks, whatever it is. Probably something like that. And you're selling a, a dollar a bottle, oh, you're, if no, not two dollars a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> so you no know, chance for a dollar. My point is, you're making profit there for sure. Now the hot dog side, I'm not so sure if you.
7: How uh-huh. many hot dogs can he be selling if 10,000 people are the game? Yeah, I mean, he's he clearly a thousand, was losing 100,000 hot dogs a
3: day. Maybe mm-hmm. he just
2: didn't know how many hot dogs to buy. Big uh, Donk went into Costco and bought
3: 300 <laughs> Well, hot that's dogs not just that, but. You know, 50. You've got other other people, other vendors are out there. Sure, it's competition. I mean, it's not like you're the only vendor.
2: Got to undercut the guy that's 50 feet down, uh, closer to the stadium. You might
3: have to cut your prices. Bottom
2: line is, Lerner's bad news to him, and I think <laughs> yeah. bad news to most fans. All right, let's go to Carlos. He's calling in from Orioles territory, Severna Park. What's up, Carlos?
11: Hey guys, good morning. Hey, look, I, I, as a O's fan, you know I, I I do feel bad for Nats fans, you know, but I'm, I'm pretty sure once they saw that the O's sold for 1.7 billion, they were not going no, they were not going to match that, or nor were they going to go over that because they're not worth more than the O's. Um, you know, as a as a fan who saw an ownership that wasn't committed, and it sounds like a lot of Nats fans see that you know the learners aren't committed. It's going to take a lot for them to want to sell this team again if they aren't committed. Um, you know, it's probably going to take them to become great with what they have because I'm pretty sure, you know, Angelo saw that. Oh my God, I'm going to have to start paying these people and he quickly sold. So, um, you know, I do feel bad for the Nats fans, but, uh, hey, if, uh, you guys want to come see good baseball
13: again, you know, come, come, come to Camden <laughs> oh, Yards. <laughs> look at that talk.
2: look at that jab. That's just brutal. All right. Thanks for the call, Carlos. Appreciate yep. it. Hey, you know, it's, you know, it's bad when the Orioles fans are taught to you and they don't they have a bigger payroll in 2024. They Have to also
5: Rich. all of their kids, almost all their kids, except for Jackson Holiday, are up right. So they're just a couple years ahead of Washington. Washington hopes to follow Baltimore's lead, where you get these guys to come up. So in yep. a couple of years, like you said, if you have Dylan, if Dylan Cruz, you know, turns into some of the studs that Washington, that Baltimore has. Then they'll will be fine. The, but, the Orioles Baltimore. are
2: the team directly above them in spending for twenty twenty four. They have a payroll of ninety two point seven million. Yeah, but
3: in a couple
5: of years they're gonna have to pay Rushman and they're sure. gonna have to pay all those guys. Of course.
3: Yep. And they went out and got a true number one arm and Corbin Burns traded for Corbin Burns. So now they're even better. Um because but that's one what of their best
5: pitchers already suffered a UCL. Yeah, that's
3: true. Um was that was that Bradish? Did Bradish have an yes. injury? Yeah. But you've got Corbin Burns, and they, that's what they really wanted to, to – they needed that last year in the playoffs. They went out and got Flaherty. He didn't work out. But Corbin Burns is much better than Flaherty. So let's see. But that, that team is fun to watch, and they're the Washington Nats are trying to do it the way Baltimore did it. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore yep. has five prospects in it about the top 30. Right. It's not, it's not over. They're doing a great job.
2: Yep. All right, we'll talk more about the Nationals' non-sale with Barrys Verluga. <clears throat> that's coming up at 9 a.m. We'll talk caps to Joe Beninati at 9.40.
3: All right, boys, talk about my great friends over at Golfdom by Worldwide Golf. There's something that binds us all, the collective goal to transcend the ordinary, introducing the new Callaway AI Smoke Driver with smart face technology. The new AI-designed club has multiple sweet spots across the face, giving an average of seven yards longer than the prior model. Visit Golfdom in Tysons, Rockville, or Annapolis. Get custom fit. For an A.I. smoke driver today or shop them online, worldwidegolf.com. Get there.
2: Coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll get into Anthony Rendon's comments over the weekend. Former Washington National, who now plays with the Angels, has been there for several seasons. Had some some pretty, uh, pretty straightforward comments about playing baseball. He's not and underpaid. And what it means to him. But we'll get into that coming up at 8 o'clock. I know we're going to get
5: into the NFL stuff, too. A lot of good... Mock draft stuff. Daniel (laughs) Jeremiah with some potential trades for the commanders. We'll get into it. I actually uh, pitched one to to Cakes. I think it was from Daniel Jeremiah. um, And he gave me the old gladiator thumbs up, thumbs down thing. We'll get into that a little bit later. I was asking Cakes um, during the break if he used to pay his kids to babysit. So his three kids are, what, separated by about seven or eight years
2: I have a 26 year old. I have a 21 year old and a 19 year old. So it's yeah. close. Seven
5: yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Seven years. So your oldest could have been in a position to babysit your youngest at times. And I was wondering yeah. if you paid and you like thought about it. And you said, yeah, you probably did pay, which, you know, a lot of people are like, well, why would you pay? It's your kid. You just make them mm-hmm. do it.
2: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, well, we ended up paying like Kelsey back in the day. Sometimes you just want to hook your kid sure. with money too. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but my son basically will blackmail his way oh, towards really? it. Yeah, yeah I mean, relentless. so nah, I think the the typical babysitter nowadays, like it's like twenty dollars an hour. Yeah,
2: it sounds like a about the going rate. So great, what my daughter gets guess. down to school twenty dollars yeah. an hour. So it's twenty bucks an hour. Pay yeah. Dylan fifteen.
5: But here's, here's where the blackmail aspect okay. happened. So um, a couple months ago, he watched his younger sister, Isabella, but her friend was over. And they okay. were having kind of a play date, almost sleepover. All right. So we went out with another couple and we're out for like four or five hours. When we came back, the place was a disaster. Oh. Like they had thrown like pizza on the wall or something. He just oh. wasn't able to control it. <laughs> And so anyway, before Saturday, I can't remember. That was the snowy day, but it was like inside the house. I, I actually was bouncing back and forth, um, doing different things. Um, but in, in in the evening, it was like we wanted to have, Jess and I wanted to have kind of a date night. And I was like, well, I'll just get Dylan to babysit. Well, just before that, there was a play date going on. And Dylan, this is where the blackmail goes. He goes, if I have to babysit both of them, I'm doubling the charge. <laughs> doubling mm. his fee. To $30 an hour. Yeah. So, well, it's just no way. Mm. I mean, it's That's quite a
2: negotiation
5: tactic by, done. by Dylan. So I w- Isabella was upset because she wanted to extend this play date, and I was like, nope. Going to take her home. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you- <laughs>
4: That's hilarious. Let's
3: save that money.
2: You, you- now, you also, if you really wanted to be a miser, you could have hit up. That kid's parents to pitch in for the babysitting. Now that's a but we weren't going old, out with them.
5: No, we were just ma- going
2: out ourselves. No, that doesn't matter. I'm saying if you if that, if that child is at your house being watched by your do son, that. I'm just saying if, if you wanted to pull the real squeaker move. So
5: for our date night, I ask yeah. other parents to chip in to for babysitting for us. Subsidize. That makes no sense.
3: <laughs> don't you think? I know it's roughly. Did about you pay 20 your daughters
5: to babysit?
3: Babysitter well they
5: were so they're, they're not like the same each. age
3: no um but don't you think you should pay more for the babysitter if there's more kids yes absolutely i mean if of you're course. paying 20 bucks for one kid yeah and you've got you've got to pay like 30 bucks an hour for three kid.
2: kids the, the more kids the more you're able to charge i would think like if, or do you if, just
5: pay for the time because no, the whole you pay, thing about babysitting, it's right? a la carte if you go back, work. If you go back to when we were kids. Yeah. All right. My parents used to go out and used to have a babysitter mm-hmm. when I was like ten years old, okay. let's say. It's
2: not the eighties anymore. It's They're a different
5: just era. Babysitting is basically just making sure your kids don't do something crazy right, in case sure. of an emergency. Mm-hmm. They don't die. Right. It's just for the time. Yeah.
2: But I, I don't think it's per
5: no. kid. If
2: if somebody came to
5: me, and I said, I think you hey, got to pay more.
3: If what if a family has four kids? Yes, yeah, they
2: said, "Hey, come over. are going to pay more than twenty kids, bucks an I, hour. Th- that's more than you have to charge more for that than just one one goof. Especially kid if, they're you're if they're younger.
3: They're younger. You got to charge because more work. I think Absolutely. you got to. If
2: you're changing diapers, that I mean, twenty five an hour, or maybe thirty the, an hour. That ups the rate. I, would I, think I don't
7: it. understand why you're paying Dylan
5: one dollar. I agree. I don't know. We got sucked into it, and <laughs> no, no, so the precedent was
7: set. Into well, it. no,
5: like Cake said, a lot of parents do it, and I think the I rationalize it is look, I don't do an allowance. <laughs> he, you know, it's maybe a way to give him a few bucks. Give him thirty bucks. We were only out for two hours. But you're probably so, right. So foreign to me.
7: <laughs> I mean, do you, would your dad ever pay you to to watch my brother? Yeah.
5: No. no, no chance. But we're, were also now. closer in These age. These parents today are pushovers. Different, different my, generations, Your generation, Drab. my
7: generation. <laughs> what is going on? Hey, you want to take a shower tonight, Dylan? Watch the kids. <laughs> we, you want to play video games? You want to watch TV? You're going to watch Isabella for a couple hours. Yeah, I'll be. Back. I should have. Right, you're right. <laughs> I'll, I'll you're back. right,
5: Drab. I should have strong. I should have been the blackmailer. Kids are spoiled. No, you got leverage too. Take, no. a take, from, f- take a lesson from Le- Ted. He's got leverage. <laughs> you Use leverage. <laughs> Ted might lose. <laughs> hey, never, yeah, yeah, but we'll he's we how it plays gonna,
3: out. Like he said, he Dylan holds him hostage, and he's got to stand up to him. And he, he's not going to do that. Dylan's got the yeah. hand. No, right, he does he's got
2: something. He
3: like he explained last week that he'll
7: he'll not eat till his mom's house or something like that. But right. Dylan uh, likes TV. <laughs> he he likes Netflix. Sure. You put a password on that thing. <laughs>
2: Loves his PS5. You're a great dad.
5: I mean, from what a... I see from modern kids, if my son is an example, he actually doesn't watch any TV or Netflix. Hmm. He's phone. Yeah. So you not have to take, take away the his away. phone. Yeah. Take the phone he's away. He's not staring at the, the wall in his
2: room. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's got some sort of entertainment.
5: It's the phone. And he's all UFC all the time. Mm.
2: Very good. He's plugged in. He loves combat sports.
5: We're going to Cagezilla this weekend, Cakes. Oh,
2: nice. Where's that event being held? Manassas. Oh, right. very
5: Salisbury very Center.
3: You've done that Cage-Zilla
5: before. Cagezilla used to be Operation Octagon where Drab fought. Ah. I believe I did, he I, fought at Operation
2: Octagon. I did ring announcing for Operation Octagon many, 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 yeah. many, many many moons ago.
5: As did I. That's right. Good paycheck. And I was a fill-in for Cagezilla ring announcing.
2: Very good.
5: But yeah, I, I've been strong-armed, and so the precedent was set. But you know, it's not it's not uncommon. Drab. We'll, we'll see. how You know, if you have other kids or whatever, you just obviously have twins. Well, right now, I can now.
2: understand Dylan's hustle, especially the last time the kids had a play date, and they're they're throwing pepperoni pizza on the walls. Oh, well, it's because he
5: <laughs> probably was paying no attention. I'm sure no, exactly. he wasn't.
2: I'm sure he's looking at like
5: guys trying to kill each other. His, you better hey, you his, get some top his, service for his, that amount of money. Yeah, his his comeback is. Is well, if you got somebody else, like if he just went out on Saturday, like I'm not going to do it. You're right. I could strong arm. So he, let's say he said, "I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go with my friends." You won't be able to go out, right? That that I would then have to get somebody and pay twenty dollars an hour, or twenty five dollars an hour, whatever the heck it is, for <laughs> he,
7: one kid. You don't have to pay He's running circles 25. around you. Yeah. <laughs> Big kid's a genius. I mean, that's unbelievable. You're you're an awesome dad, but he. At most
3: things, but Dylan's got you wrapped around his <laughs> finger. Yeah, you got to put a stop to that. You really do. I mean, all the stuff you do for him, all the stuff you pay for, yeah, you got to put a stop to that.
2: Yeah, did you, you <laughs> show
5: him? But again, it's not unprecedented.
2: Cakes said he did the same thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not all all does it because
7: he's nice. You're doing it because you're getting out-negotiated.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what you should do? You should show him a screenshot yeah. of how much the UFC tickets cost for the Miami trip.
7: Yeah, but see, the problem is 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 he's established
3: the precedent. So (laughs) the problem is if he doesn't, if he offers less or says you're, I'm not paying you. Dylan says, "I'm not doing it."
8: Didn't JP want to nix the agent and have him negotiate
3: (laughs) for you guys? (laughs) I don't (laughs) know if you want to do that. (laughs) Hire Dylan. Yeah, (laughs) hire Dylan.
2: (laughs) That might be the move. Who knows? Who knows the future? Did you pay your
5: kids? I don't for chores. Did you have an allowance? See, I've never I done any of that or stuff. No, no my kids, kids, for kids. No, not really. No, but see, got, you got all your kids' cars. I don't do that for my kids.
2: I mean, I got one. So of I'm my saving kids, there. I got one of my kids cars. car. <laughs> one. I
5: don't.
3: Not multiple, Oh, the car right? thing is just crazy. We
2: do have an extra. We do have an extra floater car, which we do need. That's not. I, that's not really for I, one kid or another. Up,
8: growing up, I got paid ten dollars a week to take the trash out, cut the front lawn, not the back lawn. Back lawn was dead and get the mail. That was my get That was my. Mail. Yeah, that was my. Allowance. To get the mail. <laughs> just yeah, to get out. the mail.
5: was <laughs> <laughs> your mailbox a million miles away. Yeah, no. No,
8: they just to get the mail. That was my You just had a chore. Basically. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> they gave me responsibility. Yeah, right. Yeah. Get the mail.
2: <laughs> That's like 10 steps.
3: Was, I think I responsibility. I think I paid the girls an allowance, but I think I did all of their chores. <laughs>
5: Because you're a neat freak, right? <laughs> I'm a well, neat that's, freak.
3: That's typically what happens with an allowance. Yeah. I, used, I They just had to make their beds, clean up the room. and Well, my younger daughter was much worse at that. But I would go in there and make the bed, they clean up to, the room. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to get the mail. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have to get the mail. Clean up the kitchen. That's the way I work.
2: It's the way you operate. It uh,
3: move. But you should see the allowance I pay now. <laughs>
8: <laughs> how, how, much was, how much was the allowance uh when they were younger when
3: you they, uh, i think it was 20 bucks a week 20. probably that's sounds about right yeah, about 20 bucks a week
2: i wish i had 20 bucks a week growing up as a kid i'd i'd sling washington post back in the day if See, i wanted cash i
5: might get pwned there but i don't let my kids like buy stuff on amazon right. and Uber Eats and all that <laughs> right. stuff. Yeah, I know, I know. I fall prey to that. They don't have that. access to my credit card like yeah. that.
3: I fall prey. But the way I look at it is... They're going to get it one they, way or the other. They got it, yeah. I mean, if I don't do it, my <laughs> wife's going to do it. Right. She's going to give them the money. They're going to get access She'll somehow. give them their credit card, yeah. and, and they're going to spend the money. <laughs> What's way? the
5: last purchase? This is always fun. Maybe you can save it for later. The last purchase that you
2: nixed, you went into, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, they're not getting that.
5: Oh.
3: Have you have
2: you have you, uh, have you pumped the brakes on that? Are you still super aggressive?
3: Nah, I pumped the brakes because my wife made me feel guilty about it. Ah, um, my daughter ordered something from Amazon and it was. I looked at the 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 debit and it's. I can't remember the name of the company. It was fifty six dollars, and I said, "What does this mean? What does this mean? Who is this?" And Ava says, "You know, it's the Kardashians."
2: You're giving money to the Kardashians? I said, you're going
3: to give more money to the Kardashians? <laughs> I mean,
2: that's where you should draw the line. I can't
3: remember the name of the company, but she ordered something for 56 bucks. I don't right. know if it was makeup or clothes, but f- yeah. 56 bucks. I mean... I should have nixed that, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I put have. more money in the Kardashian's pockets. Yeah,
2: good. You know what? You're part of the problem. You're not the solution. You're the problem. I'm not my standing friend. up like I should be. All right. When we come back, we will get into some of the explosive comments from Anthony Rendon about his baseball career. We will do that next here on the Fan Junk's Comedy live on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, <laughs> 910 The Fan in Richmond and Monumental Sports Network. We're presented by Crop Metcalf. The official heating and cooling company of the junks. If you're looking to be their next five-star HVAC technician or plumber, just go to cropmetcalf.com to join their team. Barry's Verluga will join us in about an hour at 9 a.m. Joe Beninati at 940. As the Caps prepare to take on the Devils tonight, he'll be on with us at 940. Big one. But we wanted to get into some of the quotes from Anthony Rendon, formerly with the Washington Nationals, now with the, are they the LA, LA Angels? I mean, they change their name like every two or three years. I think they're still L-A-A. The L-A-A, Yeah, the LA Angels. Uh, here's what he said about continuing to play baseball and where it is as a priority for him in his life at this point.
10: Is it still a top priority for you, though?
9: That's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. So I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job.
3: So if those things come before it, I'm leaving.
4: Is it a priority?
3: Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here. All right. Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at seven <laughs> in the morning or
13: whatever <laughs> time it is.
14: You so. <laughs> so do you, I mean, do you want, I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have TV
12: answered games? your question. So why do you keep picking at it?
14: Oh, <laughs> yeah, you technically
13: answered it. <laughs> Wow,
2: <laughs> surly as ever that Anthony Rendon man. That guy, he always seemed to have a good re- reputation as I-, I thought as like kind of an affable, friendly guy. Like while he was here in Washington, man, that that script has been flipped since he's been. But he would never say, yeah, he
3: would never say anything like that here because uh, yeah, the yeah, big contract. He was younger.
2: Him. He was younger too at a different point in his career. Now I
3: understand when you say, and and Kevin Millar said this. A couple years ago mm-hmm. on um, in, in uh, Intentional Talk on MLB Network. He said the majority of Major League Baseball players mm-hmm. play for the paycheck. Right. And I don't know why it came up. I mean, they all obviously all want to win, but he yeah. said the majority of them just play for the paycheck because the paycheck's so good. Problem with Rendon is you can't say that. I, I, obviously. I think fa- you can say it if you're producing. Obviously, family is going to be more important yeah. than your job. Mm-hmm. Right? We could all uh, agree to that. Sure. You just can't come out and say it's not a top priority. That just doesn't sound good. It,
2: yeah, he did. It's, it's bad optics. Now, if he's it's hitting 35
3: home runs a year and hitting uh, 310, <laughs> right. but he's got... How many home runs does he have in his last four years? Like 15? Oh, it's hard to hit home runs when you're not
2: actually making plate appearances. He's cursed he because, because he signed alongside. a monster contract,
3: Yeah, and
5: he's had very little production since he signed the monster contract. Right. So, so to say that, a lot of people are going to be upset. That said, I think... Family should be the top priority for every player in Major League Baseball, and they probably all believe that. When it's when, it, when it's all said and done, yep. but it just makes it sound like you don't care.
3: It doesn't sound good, right? And
5: eventually, he did say it's a pr- it's a priority. That's why I'm here. Um, again, if he was producing, he probably wouldn't get as uh, as much flack for it.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you're hitting two or four or five home runs a year and you're always hurt and you're missing 100 games and you say that, well, the the media is going to kill you. The fans are going to kill you. If you're producing and you're going to the playoffs and you're helping the team win, all right, it's not as bad. But you just can't say that because you know it's not going to look good for someone who's never on the field.
2: Personally, I'm surprised that his, his Twitter profile, by the way, still has him in a Nats uniform. It hasn't posted since 2017. So that, to me, is the least shocking thing uh, I'm going to learn about Anthony Rendon today. He's not keeping up with social media. Doesn't seem like a very social type of guy.
3: Right. Last year, here are his stats. Actually, I'll give you the last four years Mm -hmm. for Anthony Rendon. And this is kind of staggering, considering he's he's signed a $240 million contract, I think. Um, Two home runs last year. All right. Twenty-twenty-two. Five home runs. 2021, six home runs. COVID year, he actually played most of the year. He hit nine. All right, but so the last three years, he's got 13 home runs and roughly about, I don't know, 65 RBIs. Yeah. I mean,
2: he's, And
3: he, he hasn't played more than 60 games since 2019. With he the has
2: North. three years left on his deal, including this year, each one at $38 million. Mm-hmm. And... He's a mortal lock. Like as soon as his contract is up when he's 36 years old, like unless he has some sort of weird resurgence over the next year, two or three,
4: mm-hmm.
2: like he's a lock that he's going to retire from baseball and you'll never hear from him ever again. Like he'll just go live with his family, you know, raise his family wherever that's going to be and you'll probably never see him at a baseball game ever again. Like he'll just they'll just fade away.
5: Did you guys these, see these, the full
2: exchange? Like what
5: he said before this? I did not. And it might change your opinion. So, look, the guy doesn't like answering questions mm-hmm. from the media. Yeah, never like the right? never like the media. So he's doing an interview and he was asked about his enthusiasm before the game and his mindset now. He said, "My my enthusiasm has been the same since I got drafted, mm-hmm. to be honest with you." I was actually deleting old emails because my storage to my maximum in my email, so I'm going back and deleting old emails. I emailed myself a pros and cons of why I wanted to stay in the game. Mm. This was in 2014. <laughs> my thought process of the game has not changed since then. I keep making it this long.
2: By so the way, they'll pro- he's
5: claiming he's still as enthusiastic for the game as he was a decade ago. For
2: all those guys who have disdain towards the media. They might want to look in the mirror and ask themselves, "Well, why am I getting? Why, why am I at a job where I get paid thirty-eight million dollars per year? Mm-hmm. A big part of that is because of the media. They come and interview. They spread the message. They get help you get ratings on TV. They help you get bigger contracts. So, all of you, all of you athletes who hate the media or have disdain for the media." You might want to uh, reconsider your stance. Yeah,
5: so during this interview, he that's was not then asked. their way of thinking. Oh, this.
2: I know. After I know. he
5: said, I wrote a pros and cons list, which to me as a baseball player is kind of a wacky. Like, why do right. I play professional pros baseball? Be, uh, p- paycheck. Uh, paycheck. Well, number one, you like to compete. Mm-hmm. I would think that that would be number one. You, you, you Like, if you're an athlete and you can play in high school, you do. And if you can play in college, you do. And if you can play as a pro, you do. Because it's fun, and and yes, the bonus is you're going to make money, and you're making a lot of money. So he's got this pros and cons list, so then the follow-up was, well, how does your pro and con list compare to 10 years ago? And he said, it's a lot different. I'm married, I have four kids, my priorities, my priorities have changed since I was in my early 20s, so definitely my perspective on baseball has been more skewed. Then the follow-up comes again, is it still a top priority for you? Mm-hmm. And he says, that's where... He, see, I think he was... I'm defending him a little bit. I think he was annoyed because the questions kept coming, and he opened the door with the whole thing about deleting emails, and I made a pros and cons list in 2014. But now it's the third question, and he is it still a top priority? And now he's being honored and he goes, it's never been a top priority for me. That's where he gets well, himself he trouble. Well, he obviously
3: doesn't care about how the media and the fans view him because if Aww. he did, he would have just lied and said, I, you know, it's my life. Baseball's my life. I come out here every day. I get paid a lot of money. I have to produce. i got to stay healthy. But he's he's just being honest. Well, he's, he's, Drabby, do you think one reason he said this is because I get it. He's in a different stage of his life. But he also is probably really down because he's been hurt for the last three years. So he doesn't probably doesn't enjoy playing well, he's, because he's always hurt.
7: He's always had this negative outlook on, on baseball and being a professional athlete, which I, I guess is fine. But, dude, he did an interview with a podcaster like a month ago, and he said in the interview, I don't wish this life on anybody. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he makes $30 million a year or whatever it is. 38 million. 38 million. a year. Yeah. He's a uh, entitled
3: uh, he, son he, of a he a, a B sometimes. He thinks <laughs> like, because he thinks it's a it's – a, Big time grind. Okay, they, I'm sorry. Yeah, they, I'm just telling you why I said it. No, I know. They pay. They play a lot of games.
7: He's one of those guys. that's in a short amount unhappy. Of time. He's unhappy at home. He's, he's lying. To he's you. a surly guy. He's just. Sur- he's just I mean, surly.
2: Just yeah. there's a, like he's reached his breaking. He's a point. jerk. Like he had. He's a jerk. He's a jerk. He, he had the incident with the the fan in Oakland Correct. who was heckling him. Where he grabbed him by like near the shirt the, collar. Like he's he's had enough. He's had enough of people just questioning him about the, the contract well, and making there, so much money and not producing.
8: I'll never forget this. A reporter went up to him in the locker room, asking him for a, a, an update on his injury and his rehab. Uh-huh. And Rendon said, I, "I'm not speaking English today." Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> like I mean, an, it's just he it's, couldn't be what more, an a hole.
7: He couldn't be more different from Mike Trout, right. who's super loyal, mm-hmm. loves the game, wants to win, is committed to his team and his community, is out there grinding every day to be the, a better player less Anthony Rendon's more Mike
3: Trout.
2: Yeah, he's he's, he's just horrible not the for same the game. same sort of guy. Like he's yeah. he's not cut from the Mike
3: what Trout What are the odds, claw. what are the odds Rendon plays, you know, 50 games again this year? 50. Yeah, 50 to 60. I mean,
13: what odds are, are good?
3: good? I'm just saying based on right? the last few Best years. I'm pretty sure
2: the future is the past.
3: I'm just saying the last few years he hasn't played that many. So I might bet under two. I might again, bet under six. Again,
2: I've done this a few times. Golf clap to Mike Prizzo for not for not signing that albatross of a deal to the Washington Nationals. He's like, you know, oh, the Angels just sign you that sort of money. Go out west. Go west, young man. Sign that deal. Well, not getting that deal here.
5: It's worked out that way, but you don't want them to follow that practice all the time for their stars. The time, mm-hmm. But look, because Rendon didn't have that history here. Well, who
3: he didn't have that knew, reputation.
2: Who knew Rendon? Better than Mike Rizzo. Nobody.
3: I'm guessing they they offered him a lot of money. He chose
2: not to sign him.
3: I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm guessing they offered. I mean, they may not offer him as much as the Angels. Yeah, that is for sure.
2: All right, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Brian in Silver Spring. Brian, you're on with the junks. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys.
11: What's up?
4: What's
11: up? Hey, first off, no one noticed it, but Rendon was making comments like this when he was with Washington, but obviously not being under a mega contract it was kind of overlooked. He made a comment in an interview that he said that he finds baseball extremely boring. He doesn't watch it and wants nothing to do with it. Only reason why he plays it is because he's gifted. But the reason why I called in is because he's not even the worst 70 year, $245 million contract in baseball. We all know it's Strasburg. So I don't understand what LA is going to release Rendon. They, he's a PR nightmare at this point. Why don't we just we make a trade? You guys can have Strasburg. He can retire in California where he's from. We get Rendon back. And obviously the deferrals make it a little bit, you know, different with the trade. But right. for all we know, Rendon might be pulling a George Seinfeld. I mean, I'm sorry, George Costanza Seinfeld. Maybe he wants to get released. Maybe he hates LA so much. We know he's a, a Southerner from Texas. He's a P1 Christian. He may just hate where he's at. Why not bring him back? Okay, maybe he plays 40 games a season, but at least we get something out of him, and maybe it might rejuvenate him to come back to D.C., and we can finally be gone with the Strasburg questions. He's going to be around for three more years of this lingering problem that we have with him, asking what's his status. And I think, personally, the Strasburg incident is a whole reason why the learners want to get out of of baseball. I think they're going to have PTSD every time – Someone wants to sign a $200 million-plus contract because uh, obviously, you know, they, this guy, I think, single-handedly almost killed this organization. But I know I put a lot out there, but you overall... One. Well, he did help him win a World 20, Series, 20, but I, I
3: agree. Thank you, Brian. I, and I wouldn't want Rendon within 100 miles of No, <laughs> I,
2: think,
3: I think Mike uh, and, Rizzo
2: would hang up the phone and immediately. And I just looked it up.
3: The Nats did offer Rendon. Now, I'm sure most of it was deferred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they offered him $210 million to stay. Yeah. Um, and he's a Scott Boris guy and right. Boris clients. What do they like to do? They like to go to free agency. Sure. And he got more than that from the Angels. But they did try and save him. Um, and they just didn't offer what the Angels did.
5: I mean, it worked out. But Cakes, you can't have the practice of young star. He was a young star mm-hmm. just letting him go because they want a long-term deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you feel like. That's the whole reason if you look at the poll that we have up at Junk's radio that everybody's saying it's
2: bad news that the learners are still not the saying owners. I'm it's the right move every time, but in, in this case, it, was the it right worked move. out perfectly for Rizzo and the Nats. Correct. Rendon is not wearing their uniform any longer. Right. They got You know what? They got the best out of Anthony Rendon they got at lucky. a reasonable
3: price. They did get lucky.
2: And then he they went
3: Yeah. They did get lucky. They got lucky. Sometimes because lucky. They got lucky Bryce that...
2: Harper left. He's still a star player. That is true.
3: They got lucky that he turned down that money and went to L.A. Right and it doesn't look good for him the rest of the way because he's probably not going to put any numbers up. Always hurt and doesn't even like to be in the stadium.
2: Yep. All right, don't forget, we'll talk more about the Nats and Anthony Rendon with Barrys Verluga. That's coming up at 9 a.m. When we come back, we'll get into some more trade rumors about what the commanders are going to do with their number two overall pick in the NFL draft. So we wanted to talk some commanders here before Barrys Verluga comes on at 9 a.m. Of course, rumors are heating up. NFL draft is in April. Commanders hold the number two overall pick. Daniel Jeremiah was on recently with Rich Eisen from the NFL Network. I believe we have some audio when he's asked if he believes the commanders should move up with an unprecedented haul to try to grab Caleb Williams away from the Chicago Bears.
5: Want something unprecedented? Uh, would you would you suggest them doing something unprecedented to go get Caleb Williams just to up one spot, two to one?
9: You know, I don't know that I would say unprecedented. I think if you can if you can get something done that's uh, you know that's within reason, I can make a case for that. I like the other two quarterbacks. I mean, I think there's there's three good quarterbacks in this draft that I, I think are really highly graded. And I also think when you look at Washington and you look at Adam Peters coming over there, you always carry your scars with you. And maybe the one do-over uh, that he might have with John Lynch there is the the massive haul to go up to get Trey Lance that that didn't pan out. Um, so does he carry that with him? They're sitting there with the second pick, and let's say on a grading scale, you might have a you know a 69 or a 70 grade on Caleb Williams, and he's the top guy. But then you've got 67 grades on the next two guys. Like, okay, yeah, he's a little bit better. But, man, you know, this is a, still a really, really good option for me, and I'm not going to have to part with all the picks.
2: Look, I'm, I'm sure Adam Peters has has run all the numbers. He's looked at the trade value charts. And, it, I mean, if, if you're Peters, you go to Chicago and say, look, we like Caleb Williams, we'd love to move up, but here's this is the package we're willing to part with. And if you're not willing to do this deal, then then we'll move on to plan B or C, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. Like, Peters has been around long (laughs) enough and been in good enough organizations where I don't think he's going to get fleeced by the Bears to move up one spot. Now, Mm -hmm. if it's a reasonable ask, I think, especially if Kingsbury stumps for uh, Caleb Williams, and we know Spielman loves him, we know he's in that room too, like, if it makes sense, I think that they would do it. But if if they're just getting, you know, bent over and Mm -hmm. taken advantage of... I don't see that happening.
5: I think it's going to be hard-pressed to do something that would be deemed reasonable to move up because I think other teams are going to try and trade up for the number one pick, and they might trade up for the number two pick. I was telling you about this pro football focus mock draft. They put out their first mock, Mm -hmm. and they got Caleb Williams going number one. And at number two, they have the commanders trading the first-round pick for... Denver's number one, which is 12th. Mm-hmm. So, Denver's going to be a team that mm-hmm. could move up sure. depending on what happens with Russell Wilson. Um, and then Washington would also get a first round pick next year and the year after. And then with the 12th pick, they would draft J.J. McCarthy. Cakes gave it a big no. thumbs down. No, I'm sorry.
2: I just I can't. For that.
5: Well, don't but but there's going to be a lot of teams. My point bringing that one up is I think there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to be looking at trading up to number one. Now the Bears could ultimately decide, hey, we're going to stay with the number one pick, Mm -hmm. draft Caleb Williams, trade away Justin Fields for a second round pick or whatever they can get for Justin Fields. But I think it would be hard for Washington to move up to number one without giving up a huge haul. Of course, because they'll be able to get
3: a huge haul from other teams like they did last year. Right, but because the Bears know that there's multiple teams that want to get to number one, right? So it's not they're not going to just. Get off scot-free. They're going to have to give up a boatload mm-hmm. just to move one spot, and I don't know if Commanders fans would like that because of all the the holes in the roster. You got to keep. I think you got to keep all those those picks. And if I'm Washington, especially in Dan Quinn's first year,
5: mm-hmm. yeah. If I'm Washington too, if Daniel Jeremiah is right. Now he was kind of throwing it out hypothet- hypothetically, but if he's right that Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and Caleb Williams are all graded pretty similarly, well, then I'm definitely not moving up. Now, if there's a huge gap, and some say there is a gap, like Lewis Riddick says there's a gap between Caleb Williams Mm -hmm. and his number two is Jaden Daniels. Mm -hmm. And he's pretty passionate about Jaden Daniels. And I've seen some other things. Uh, Doug Farrar put out some good stuff um, this week where he got into each of the players' strengths and weaknesses. And he seems to like Jaden Daniels He might even be his number one over Caleb Williams and Drake May. But if Daniel Jeremiah is correct and they're all grading pretty similar, well, then stand Pat and take whoever you have rated highest on the board next.
3: Yeah, I mean, who knows what they're thinking in terms of those those three quarterbacks. But, I mean, if they do have Drake May slightly below Caleb, Mm -hmm. then you can work with that. You can work with Drake May. Think. If you have Jaden Daniels slightly below Caleb Williams, you can work with that.
2: But I, I would need to be, if I'm Peters, I would need to be blown away to move off the number, number two, two pick. Yeah. Just because, I mean, he knows how long it's been since they've had a, a like a game changer franchise quarterback here in Washington. Who knows when they're going to pick number two again. Like, if things go according to plan, you're never picking this high <laughs> as long as you're with this organization right. ever again.
4: Right.
5: Like Eve- it shouldn't happen. EB's in on Jaden Daniels. Here's what Lewis Riddick says about Jaden Daniels. He says the data and the tape both showing that Jaden Daniels, the best quarterback in college football in 23 and against the best competition teams is when he was his best compared to all of the QBs. What determines where he goes in the draft, how high he's selected will not be because of what he did on the field because he was light TF out between the white lines. Mm-hmm. That's Jaden Daniels. Yep. And then you can get say about really high praise about Drake May. Um, Doug Farrar, who's a writer, he gave his like in-depth pluses and minuses on some of the quarterbacks. And here's what he says about Drake May. Pocket movement is very underrated. He doesn't automatically run to run under pressure. Arm talent and arm strength, a plus. Tight window throws are no problem at all. And can make accurate off platform throws as well as anybody. Now he does have minuses, not an anticipation thrower, arm arrogance. And at the end he goes carnival ride quarterback who could take his NFL team to a Super Bowl or get his OC fired. Yeah, that's that's quite a uh that's quite a range there
2: for Drake Mann. But who so knows?
5: they just gotta get it right. They um, gotta get it right. I, I mean my personal opinion right now. I, I wouldn't be able to distinguish anything amongst the quarterbacks that don't watch enough college football to even really have an opinion, but is that they should stay with the number two pick and draft a quarterback, whoever they believe is the best quarterback left at number two.
3: Well, that's Assuming, what's gonna, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, that's going to happen. I, don't I see I them trading so. out of the number two pick. But you're going to see all kinds of different opinions from everybody out there. There's going to be a billion different mock drafts coming out before late April. But But it's not
5: always like that. Like a lot of years, you know, I think Joe Burrow was pretty much a consensus number one. Sure. I think Trevor Lawrence was a consensus number one. I know,
3: but Caleb Williams is kind of the consensus number one. Yes and no, man. I mean, there are a couple guys that you're pointing out that like Daniels over him. But if you look at most mock drafts, it's Williams.
5: Yeah, most mock drafts. Yeah. But I mean, you got Merrill Hodge taking shots at Caleb Williams. You have uh, Tim Hasselbeck saying that Drake May is the best. I don't think it's as universal as it usually is.
2: Well, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It matters what Ryan Poles, who runs the Bears, thinks about Caleb right. Williams. Yeah. And if matters- he loves him and thinks he's, you know, the next Patrick Mahomes, he's going to pick him at number one, or he's gonna he's gonna sell that pick for a, ran- a huge ransom for whoever wants to come up and pay but that. Like price. Said, Anybody but like you them said, to if you're gonna to trade
3: one- trade a pick, okay, if you trade number two out, whatever. So you obviously don't like May or Daniels as much, but if you stay at two, it's important obviously to to get the right guy that you think fits best for what you want to do, and then you got to coach him up. I know you think coaching staffs are overrated, but you got no. you got to coach him up. I think it's part of Once it. Once you get in here, you got to coach him up. You got to put a bunch of good players around him. You got to put a good offensive line in front of him, especially if he's going to play. You know, we, we assume he would start Week One next year if he's drafted that high. So. That's also very important that you coach his ass up if you draft him there.
5: Phone number is 800-636-1067. So we're talking about this Daniel Jeremiah deal. Do you think the Commanders should trade up to one so they get whoever they want, even if it takes a big haul? I personally do not. I would stay I at number two. I wouldn't. Does anybody want them to trade up to one? I'm sure there are I'm some sure people there are. out there. Would that you
2: want them to trade up to one? Probably not. And I think there there might be a little something to what Jeremiah is saying about there being some scar tissue there with Peters being part of the, the Trey Lance deal. Now he's obviously a smart analytical guy and he, he looks at this as an independent event. What Trey Lance did or didn't do has nothing to do. What happened here, or right, it shouldn't cloud your here. judgment. It shouldn't, but <laughs> probably in his subconscious, he's thinking last time I made a move up for a quarterback didn't really work out. So that could be a little something in the back of his brain, could influence his actions. I'm not saying it is, but there's a possibility that that's there.
5: And the thing about the Trey Lance deal, and I don't know that we'll ever know is look, he was the assistant GM. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he could have been against the Trey Lance deal, but. John Lynch was for it, or yeah. Kyle Shanahan was for it. We don't know or how that all operated. Could have been, he could have been He's the running waver. the show now. Right. Like this is the track record that matters. Yeah, this is a big I know one. that Jason brought up. This is a big. Adam draft. Peters yeah. got a lot of credit for kind of unearthing gems in late rounds, like George Kittle.
3: That's the, that's the rumor. It was yes. Like,
5: but this is, this is the one where we're going to pay attention. Like mm-hmm. the, forget about the past. He he got the gig. So what is he going to do? And what clues? Like right now, what are the clues? The only clue I think we have right now, and it's not even for Madden Peters, is just that Kingsbury said that Caleb Williams and Patrick Mahomes are eerily similar. Right. So that would make you think that they would want to go after Caleb Williams because the offense coordinator who they hired, who worked with Caleb Williams, thinks that he can be Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really the only clue. I don't think we've got any other clues on whether they like Drake May, Jaden Daniels, or Caleb Williams. There haven't been any leaks. Now it's still early in the process. They haven't. We haven't got the combine or pro days yet.
3: All right, let's hit a couple calls. Do I, you think that the Commanders should go all in and trade up to one? That would be just a huge story.
5: Huge. What if they traded up to one and took Drake May? Yeah.
2: No, that be. I don't think that's going to happen. Let's go to Mike in Haymarket. Mike, you're on with the Junks. Good morning.
14: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Hello. All right. So, uh, first <laughs> of all, I don't think the Commanders should even think about trading up. There's too much uh, uh, holes everywhere. Uh, I think, as as Bish said, um, all over the all over the place for the most part. And it's to trade up. You're basically mortgaging everything uh, to build around this quarterback that is supposedly going to be there. So I also don't like the idea of tr- taking any of these quarterbacks, but again, that's if you can trade back and get maybe a second tier one, if you're really sold on somebody, I think it's a, a viable option to pick up extra picks and then go get a Bo Nix, um, you know, possibly, but I don't, I don't even like Penix. I don't like Penix and I don't like McCarthy either. So, are you a uh, you know, if you're really So you must like Sam Howell. I like him, and and you have to remember. Okay, this is a big point. You have to remember that when Sam Howell uh, had his best year at North Carolina, he was touted as being the number one overall pick for a pre-mock draft for the next season. And I'm not saying that somebody can't go from top to bottom, but you also have to realize how much he lost after that. That you know. Season that he had, he lost two offensive guards that went to the NFL. He lost two running backs that went to the NFL, and his wide, his main wide receiver was Diami Brown, I, who went to Washington. To yeah,
4: but Mike, don't you think? Don't you think all 32 teams
2: knew that that passed him over for four yeah. rounds? They're not running it back with Sam Howell. He may be on the roster. He may even start a few games if whoever they draft isn't ready. But they're moving on from Sam well, Howell and as just, the starter. But just
3: think about this: if and Mike's right, there were a lot of mock drafts. And by the way, these were mock drafts. Mox, yes. All right? doesn't mean Sam Howe would have been the number one pick overall, right. But just think if he was if he was a first round pick after that year, based on what he did in the NFL, how much of a disappointment he'd be looked at. Now again, <laughs> he would have a longer leash, yeah, but people would be saying, oh my God, <laughs> they that's a bust in the first round. So, and by the way, you just got to make your team better, right. College kids lose players all the time. They do you got to make your team better, and he just got slightly worse, and he's not going to be the, the starting quarterback for the future for this team.
2: We'll take more of your calls on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, 800-636-1067. Where do you stand on whether the commander should move up to try to grab Caleb Williams? And don't forget, Barry's Verluga joins us at 9 a.m. It's time for the Donk listeners to put on their faux GM hats. They can become Adam Peters. Do you stand pat at number two? Do you try to trade up? To number one to grab Caleb Williams, or do you move your way down the draft board and get extra picks by moving back in the draft and bypassing one of the top three quarterbacks? If you say move into the ten or twelve range, if you get an offer that you feel is too good to pass up, let's go to Mike in Ashburn and see where he calls. Hey guys,
9: on that how are you, range.
2: Mike Range. What's, What's up, Mike?
9: What's up, guys? So you guys know how guy, but you know all the talk about the bears and they want this mother load for the number one, if they don't get it and they just pick Williams, that's going to make that number two pick even that more needed for all these teams need quarterbacks. Absolutely. You don't think it's worth it. You don't think it's worth it to trade it at that point and then get somebody a little later and then have him and Hal fight it out in, in training camp. No, and that I way you got I, a little.
3: Here's a, here's, but Mikey, here's right you're a, you're a how guy. If you get
2: somebody
4: much more that. talented than how you're a that, Hal guy, that's
9: the goal. Like, <laughs> But I'm saying we can get a, still get a quarterback, but just not the top three or five. If we, if we do do something with Denver or something like that, we can still get a, a decent quarterback to have them fight it out so we got a little more security that one of them with a good line and a, and a new coaching staff can make it happen. Yeah, but
4: here's and the problem, have... Mike.
3: Here's the problem. If you, dra- you trade out of that two and you get a somewhat decent quarterback, like you're defining it, okay, and he's not good enough to beat out Howell, then you've got Sam Howell as your starting quarterback next right. year. Right. A, it's a problem. And you're okay with that? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll tell yeah. you that. Adam Peters isn't... <laughs> yeah, you're
2: okay with spinning your wheels? Because that's what it sounds like. I'm telling like. you, Adam. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate the call. I, 800- Adam 60- Peters
3: and Dan Quinn Look, are not going to be happy with I,
2: that. Yeah. If you're Adam Peters, your mindset can't be, well, let's find a guy who's around the same skill level as Sam Howell. They can battle it out and train a camp. We'll yeah. pick the best guy from that group. No, that that can't be the mindset. Mindset has to be... Let's find somebody who's light years better than Sam Howell. And we have the opportunity to do that at number two. Correct. That they didn't have when they picked Sam Howell in the fifth round. Correct. Not fifth overall, in the fifth round.
3: I, I understand that, you know, there are people out there who think Howell behind a good line will be really good. Well, so will the number two pick in the draft <laughs> right. behind a good line. That's because correct. he's better than what Howell was in college. Yes. He
5: did so, bring up, though, a good point that if Caleb goes one, There will be a bunch of teams, we're assuming, that will try and get to that number two spot to draft Jaden or or Drake Drake May. So Cakes wasn't for the trading down to number 12, taking J.J. McCarthy with two first-round picks. Mm -hmm. What would entice you?
2: If I'm Peters... I probably feel like is there I, any quarterback have, beyond the top three? No, that should that's be okay. what I going to so, so you got to that. have a top I need three to guy. Have, I need to have one of the consensus top three guys on my board. Okay, I can't. I can't start off my campaign as Adam Peters with Penix or Bo Nix or JJ McCarthy. I, I just those can't be my guys. Yeah,
3: and, and we don't know how they're graded amongst the the Commanders coaching staff and the scouts. We have right. no idea. But just based on everything we saw and everything we're reading, those are the top three quarterbacks. Right. And they could go one, two, three, or maybe someone trades up or trades out. Who knows? But the thing about getting back to Hal is, I mean, if you traded out of the two and you went down to the, 10, 12, mm-hmm. 14 pick, whatever, Right, and you drafted Bo Nix. And, and look, Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy might end up being better co- or pro quarterbacks than these top three. Who knows? We just we just sure. have no idea. But just based on your grades, if you did that and then you were right and McCarthy wasn't better than Howell, mm-hmm. you can't go into next year and play Sam Howell for 17 games. No, absolutely the, not. The odds
7: of, of Daniels, May, and Caleb being the best quarterbacks, one, two, three in this it's very, draft. It's very small. Infinitesimal. Like the other guys it. are gonna have a shot too. And don't forget about that's what I, that's what I, just I said. mean of course. They're all gonna I, have a shot and, I, and it's impo- it, it is it is really hard, but you still want to take the shot at, at hopefully hitting a home run. I want to take a fight you are correct
3: the- that those those guys, one, two, and three, probably based on history, won't be as good as one, two, three should be. Right. But if you take a, if you think that and you trade out, you take Penix and you take Bo Nix or McCarthy, and they can't start, they're not good enough to start. You are screwed. I
2: want to take a bite from the best apple when I walk into a grocery store or a farmers market. I'm not going to go to the secondary apple stand. I'm going to go to the, the freshest apple stand I can find. And that's picking from the but top you,
7: three. But you truly never... I mean, Jaden Daniels wasn't a top three pick six months ago.
2: Nope. Neither was Joe Burrow before he right. burst on the scene yeah, I mean, for LSU either. Sometimes these guys
7: move up like Baker. Because Baker moved way up to number one and then proved up proved not to be the
3: guy. Right. It's a crap uh, shoot. You 100%. can pick all
2: the Bo Nixes and McCarthys you want. I'm going to pick a stud. And <laughs> That's what I'm going to do as my first Usu- move.
7: Usually I, I'm with you, but... I. I I'm staking my i I'm a Penix guy. I've told you guys this is my guy it's true and true. I believe he's the best quarterback in the draft. I'm on an island. I and I wouldn't do that number one probably. Mm-hmm. But I think time will tell. All right, let's go to Franco in D C. The championship Franco. game
5: didn't scare you, Drab?
7: Did you see the Texas game? He played yes. seven ranked teams and beat six of them It was lights out in six of those games. Okay. Everybody's Franco, a lot of bad games. You're on with the
2: junks. Good morning. Franco, Franco, that's you, my friend. That's your last chance. All right, let's All go right, to Matt. He is calling in from Calvert. What's up, Matt?
12: Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up? What's up? I, uh, I am not saying – I do not think Sam Howell is the answer by any means, but I think the offensive line is our biggest, biggest area that needs to be addressed. Um, I mean, we've gone through 20-plus quarterbacks in the last 20 years. Um, we've had the 31st ranked. Offensive line last season. I think I think that needs to be addressed before we, we go all in on a QB. Is my
3: point. So you want to trade out and draft a lineman in the first I, round?
12: I'd say trade back. Try to get try to get some kind of package. Either either somebody mediocre, not saying mediocre quarterback wise, but to, to get some kind of package this year. Maybe grab Joe Walt in the top seven eight, and then start building that lineup. And bring somebody in next year. I don't think, I don't think anybody this year is that guy. I don't think he's the franchise changing quarterback. I definitely don't think it's Caleb. I think Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in this draft. But I think the offensive line is where we need to start personally.
3: Well, you can still address. I'm have to agree to disagree. You my can friend. still address <laughs> yeah. the offensive line. Yeah, there are
2: multiple You'd, ways to upgrade your offensive line. You don't
3: necessarily have to draft the offensive line at two or right. at eight if you trade back. You can address it in other ways, but. To, to, to say we can just wait until next year, you just can't do that because you don't have an idea of who's going to be available next year. I mean, if you really think Quinn Ewers is the guy, well, it doesn't mean you're going to get him. You I don't know imagine, where you're going to be drafting. Look, I
2: don't, of course, I don't want Josh Harris making the pick. That's why that. he brought in Adam Peters to run the personnel department. But I, I have to think there's some sort of implicit pressure upon Peters to pick a quarterback with the first pick. Right, I mean,
4: yeah. like, there, I
2: would think so. There, there has to be some of that coming from Harris and the rest of the ownership group. And Jason
5: brings up a good point about yours, not specifically him, but I I read that most of the scouts believe next year's draft for quarterbacks mm-hmm. isn't nearly what it is this year. Right. So there's more importance on taking advantage of a good quarterback class this year because you're not going to have as many good prospects next season. Correct. According to these right. scouts.
2: And most well, most likely you won't be picking at number two again
3: next season. But you don't even know where you're going to be drafting is right. my point. I mean. Right. Like you, you have
2: certainty right now. You have the number two overall pick in the draft. Unless you get a, a just a crazy deal that Peters looks at and, and goes to his staff and says, look, I really want to pick this guy at number two, but I don't know. The Raiders want to come up to number two and I can't pass up this deal. Like Unless he gets blown away by another team, I don't see him moving off the number two pick.
3: Like It has Uh, to be an amazing deal. I don't think he will. There's a lot of pressure to go out and and get that. And
2: also, if I'm Peters, I'm going to call Ryan Poles, the GM of the Bears, and say, I'm going to give you a first-rounder and maybe a second and a third in the future. I'm not giving you multiple first-round picks to move up one spot. If you can find a sucker later down the board that's going to come up, well, I don't think that's, that's
3: not going to get it done anyway. I don't think.
2: Okay. Then then I don't have to waste any more energy calling uh, Chicago area code and trying to do a deal.
3: I mean, who knows? Maybe Ryan Poles loves Drake May or, or Daniels. Who knows?
2: Don't know. Don't know who he loves.
3: But I, I don't think that's do – I think they're going to stay at one. Do
7: you guys – does it mean anything to you guys that Drake May is only 21 years old <clears throat> and, and Jaden Daniels is going to be 24? He's right older. Well, Daniels I mean, played a, a lot. Big difference.
3: He played a lot more college football.
7: I don't have Play. a
2: problem picking a more mature quarterback. No, no, I am talking about picking the
7: younger guy because he he has still so much more room for growth. Yeah, there is a lot of people that that like mm-hmm. May because of his youth, and I, I mean the biggest knock on Penix is that he's going to be twenty-four right, right after the draft. Yeah, they don't want the older turns twenty-four.
2: Like, I don't think that's that big of a deal.
3: I mean, he's still going to go high. He's still going to go probably top three, even if he's twenty-four.
2: All right, let's go to PJ in wrestling. But I
3: see what you're saying. I just like the size.
2: PJ, you're on with the Jucks.
6: Hey, guys. Lovely day to everybody. So um, I agree with you guys that I don't want to go the route of, like, you know, dropping down to 12, getting a Bo Nicks or McCarthy this and that. I want, us to, I want us to actually stay at two. Now, the only thing I would offer the Bears for number one is kind of, a, you know, from a high leverage point, right? I would not offer them draft capital. What I would do is this. I would float the idea of saying, hey, we'll we'll give you our two pick and, and your pick of either, uh, you know, Jonathan uh, Allen or Deron Payne. They may not take that. If they don't, okay, stay at two. I would also even uh, hit up New England at number three. Let's say we have these three guys rated around the same, Caleb, Drake, and Jaden, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say New England is Gugu Goo Gaga over one of them. I would even consider moving back one slot to number three if New England... Things highly enough of one of those uh, two guys that are going to be left there after Caleb and maybe picking up an extra a second or third. But, yeah, I definitely – I don't like the idea of taking – no disrespect to Bo Nix, Michael Penix, or, uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy. But, you know, I want to take either one of the top three, or if we're going to do that, trade down and just stick with Sam Howell, which I like Sam Howell, but I'd rather get one of these top three. So that's what I would kind of go about it, how I would go about right. Thanks, it.
2: Thanks, PJ. Appreciate the call. When we come back, we're going to talk to Barry's Verluga, Washington Post sports columnist. We can get into the Commanders with him, the Nationals non-sale, and more. Barry's Verluga next on The Fan. The Junk's are presented by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and cooling company of the Junkies. Don't forget, later this hour, Joe Beninati will join us. We'll talk Caps Devils with him. Caps trying to get that last wild card spot. But right now, we're joined on the BetQL guest hotline by Barry's Verluga. Washington Post sports columnist. Barry, good morning to you.
3: <laughs> Hope you guys are doing well. Barry. We are doing well. How was your pres Day weekend?
9: A little skiing, uh, a little sports watching. Um, pretty good, all in all. How about you guys? It was yeah, solid. No, Didn't do
5: either of those
2: wasn't things. Wasn't so, shushing huh? down the slopes like one Barry's Verluga.
9: Yeah. Whitetail. Tail. Uh, my daughter's on the ski team up there, so Ooh. a lot of time on two seventy over the winter months. Oh,
2: cool. Karen, are you? Uh, are you like mm. a thrill seeker skier, or are you more like an beginner intermediate slope guy?
9: I'm a uh, lifelong skier, non thrill seeker. Ski like I'm in my fifties and I'm a ski dad guy.
3: Okay, yeah, that's okay. smart. Makes sense. Right. Very good. S- save those knees and legs and back mm-hmm. and head. Hey, uh, exactly. We were talking about the Nats earlier in the show. Um, we got a lot of stuff we, we want to get into, but we were talking about the Nats, and obviously um, Mark Lerner said they are this team is not for sale anymore. He obviously didn't get what he wanted. He didn't get what offer he wanted. Now, that could change over the next couple of years, but we threw it out to, to fans, and most fans are unhappy about it because they know that the Lerner's currently aren't going to go out there and spend the money that you know, the Philadelphia Phillies are going to spend. That the Mets are going to spend. That the Braves are going to spend, and become better. They're kind of relying on all of these prospects. So we, I think we, what was the poll we threw out there? Eighty-five percent. Good or,
5: news or bad news? I think it's right around eighty-six percent say bad news.
3: Yeah, but there still are about fifteen percent that said it's say it's good news. Now I'm guessing a lot of that is because just loyalty based on bringing a world uh, championship here. But um, your thoughts on Lerner saying that it's off the market?
9: Well, I mean, it all is about what do they do now? I mean, do they continue to run it like the Pittsburgh Pirates or do they do what they did when they won a championship and, and spend $210 million on Max Scherzer and go buy Jason Worth and, and build, you know, have your young core that at the time was Ryan Zimmerman and Ian Desmond and Steven Strasburg and Jordan Zimmerman, um, you know, and then build pieces around it. If they do that, Then there's no reason it has to be bad news. The the reason that there's uncertainty about that is because, um, you know, our beat writer asked Mark Lerner yesterday in West Palm what the deal was, but he was not allowed to to answer follow or ask follow-ups like, you know, what's your commitment um, to payroll at the major league level? What's your commitment to um, spending on player development, um, spending on international uh, signings? So, I think it's a giant TBD. I do think it takes them out of the limbo that going into another season with the for sale sign presumably up would have would have been like now the pressure is on the learners. We know who the target is in terms of um, asking them what their commitment will be and and you know forcing them into action, not this off season because the core isn't ready yet, but I do think next off season. If their biggest signing is Joey Gallo, um, there are going to be really some some questions about what their hope and, and the desires for this franchise really is.
3: You know, that's a good point. I mean, what if they, you know, Rizzo went to him and said, look, these core kids, you know, we're going to give them one more year in the minors. And then they're going to be ready to be on the opening day roster next year. And then Mark says, OK, I'll go out and buy a couple of players to, um, to, to throw into that lineup or a pitcher or whatever. I mean, that's a possibility. Who knows? It's totally a possibility.
9: And I I know for a fact that most of the people in the um, baseball operations department didn't believe that this year was the year to go spend, that you would have been, um, you know, there's really not uh, a point in improving from 71 to 75 wins. You're going to get the Corbin contract off the books after this year. You're, a year closer to getting the Strasbourg contract off the books. You should have plenty of financial flexibility. And I'm, I'm all about criticizing the learners. I have no problem doing that. But you have to remember that um, when they did have that run from 2012 to 2019, when they won four division titles, made a wild card, and won a World Series, um, there's more years in there than not that they were top 10 in payroll. So um, they skimp on a lot of things. But when the time was right, they were convinced that um, spending money on players and, and free agents, including Worth and Scherzer, but also smaller deals like Daniel Murphy and and the guys that eventually won the championship, Howie Kendrick and people like that. So um, I don't think we know exactly what this means. I think we know now who we look to. To put, you know, blame or praise on because they're saying they're not selling it anymore.
3: I will say that there are some pretty big name unsigned guys right now like the Blake Snells of the world, Matt Chapman, um, and I'm not Cody Bellinger. S- Cody Bellinger. I mean if you went out and got Blake Snell, I understand that the learners don't want to spend a bunch of money on him. I don't even know what his price tag would be. Probably similar to what, you know, Sonny Gray's was, but so 75 to 100 million, but that would be pretty nice if you go, went out, spent the money on a, a proven guy, all right, and put him with Jojo Gray and Mackenzie Gore. Now, obviously, he's not going to be going to the playoffs this year, but next year, when some of those prospects come up, man, now you've got three really good pitchers, to, um, plus what you got coming up, you know, the Kate Cavalli's. I think, you know, I'm, I know they're not going to do it, but there's still some guys out there that you can pluck probably for cheap because they're unsigned and, you know, they're. Obviously they're asking for too much, but maybe you can negotiate.
9: That's that's the question, I think, is if if you can get a a deal there, yeah. sure, absolutely. And and I think, Jason, you would want um the term, the length of of the deal to at least be into it doesn't have to be seven years, and in fact it shouldn't be seven years. Wow. Um but it, but it would you would want it to be a bridge um to the years when you're going to be competitive, whether that's 2025 or maybe 2026. Because this this team does need some sort of North Star in the clubhouse, which I think is lacking right now. Patrick Corbin is obviously the longest tenured player and, um, you know, in a way most accomplished, but he's, he doesn't have the personality and he hasn't had the performance to be – an absolute tone setter. And, you know, this is how we do things. This is how we work. That was one of the reasons that worth was brought in um, to be a veteran presence uh, from a team that had won a championship. Like that, I think kind of matters because um, the guys who are the core of the rebuild that have already been in the clubhouse now in Cabert Ruiz and Joe, Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore um, they are saying that Ruiz is, is that guy, that leader guy, the tone setter. I, I'm not 100% sure I'm all in on that. I don't think he's found himself enough um, to, to be that guy yet. So they're going to need people like that. And if you could get somebody on the cheap, like you say, um, I wouldn't have a problem uh, with it at all if it's a three- or four-year deal and it's a guy who's going to carry you into that those years that you're going to be competitive.
3: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't give him seven years, $175 million like the like the um... – like Nola got but man if you could get it four years for 80 million or 90 million i i think it'd be a good it would be a good uh, investment but that's just, that's just me barry Agreed. what's
2: the uh what's the latest if anything on the strasburg standoff i guess we'll call it he hasn't retired he's still on the books obviously i know the team wanted him to be present for spring training it doesn't sound like he wants to do that like is there any movement there is there any news there on strasburg
9: you know, if there is, I don't have it, Cakes. I mean, um, I'll, I'm going down there, uh, late this week for, uh, five days or so. Um, and obviously we'll be asking about it. It really, I mean, it stuck, struck out, I'm sorry, stuck out to me that Mike Rizzo in his, you know, camp opening remarks to reporters said, you know, we expect to see Stephen, um, later in spring training. I don't know if that's been communicated by Strasbourg to the Nets that, yeah, I'll come down there and help with pitchers for a little bit and at least be around and be a sounding board. He was, I mean, very quietly, um, you know, in his later years. I saw him many times talking in the clubhouse to to younger pitchers. Um, He was there to take questions. He's not an assertive guy, as we know. He's not outgoing in any way. In fact, he's quite the opposite. So I can see why they – would think um, there's value in that. And I also would note that that expectation um, or that onus that they want to put on Strasburg to to go down to to spring training is really more about Mark Lerner and and Scott Boris, the agent, having a a beef about all of this stuff, Um, that they couldn't get a retirement um, kind of ceremony scheduled. I, I still don't quite have all the details on why that collapsed. Um, and whether it had anything to do with major league baseball, not wanting to retire a player who still was on an existing contract, but it's certainly worth poking around, but only in kind of a curiosity way, because there's, you know, any questions about, is this guy going to pitch again? He's not going to pitch again. Like he, his body is broken. Um, he needs to go about trying to have it so he can have a good life, not throw a fastball at 97, um, you know, on the, on the paint. Yeah. Talking to
5: Barry's Verluga columnist for The Washington Post. Now, I know you didn't contribute to this article, but The Washington Post had a lengthy feature article about Ted Leonsis, D.C., Alexandria, Yunkin, Bowser. One of the things that jumps out is, according to Leonsis, I guess it's according to Leonsis, could be also from Bowser, he claims he would have accepted D.C.'s offer had it come to him earlier, how much do you buy that? Is that just spin? Because in the article, it says, you know, there were emails back and forth. And eventually Bowser says, all right, we'll give you 500 million out of the 800 million needed to renovate uh, and, and redo everything in the arena. And but he had already set up the meeting with Youngkin or the conference.
9: Well, I mean, he'd already that was on. I might have my days of the week slightly mixed up, but I believe those last emails were on a Sunday night, and the press conference to announce the the move um, to Virginia was on Wednesday. Like Correct. that was very, very, very late in the game. And I will say, and I'm not on Ted's side in in any of this. Um, I, you know, very badly want the, the teams to stay downtown for reasons I'm sure we've discussed before, but it, it, Bowser looks late to the game. And not only mm-hmm. looks late to it, she was late to it. Um, I had been told months ago by people in this district government who were concerned that her obsession with having her legacy be the mayor that brought football back to the district was in danger of um, not paying enough attention to what was needed at Capital One Arena for, for Ted's teams and it was almost natural that his um, eye would wander. And now I think the problem is, so I can believe that he would have taken that deal six months ago, eight months ago. Um, but I think the district was at, asleep at the wheel in mm-hmm. in not knowing. I mean, I knew they were talking to to Virginia and they had to, you know, they're having um, renderings of this arena and this complex being drawn up. Like that didn't happen in two days. Like they did not have their ear to the ground on this. And I, I wholly believe it could have been um, prevented if they had more aggressively talked to Ted about what are your needs? How can we, how can we help? Um, and, and maybe the ship has sailed now.
3: So is it your, in your gut, do you think it's going to happen?
9: You know, I don't, I just don't think I can pull the trigger either way. I think right. that I think now Ted wants it to happen because he sees it as an economic opportunity for him and he doesn't see it as I'm going to be remembered for abandoning the district. He's really intrigued by the, uh, the opportunity to build something from scratch um, rather than making the best out of what he can downtown in the district where he doesn't have as much land. I, I believe all of that. But I also, I don't know enough about Virginia politics to know is the state legislature... Um, going to buy into um, an economic development plan that doesn't affect, you know, southwestern Virginia or the tidewater that really has an impact in a very small area and and put public money toward that. I I mean, until the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, I got to believe that's in question. And keep in mind, you know, Ted hasn't signed anything binding that he's going there. So I, I continue to think we're more at the beginning of this process than we are at the end.
2: Hey Barry, one quick uh, question about a former National. Those quotes from Anthony Rendon were some eye openers. Did you know that he was this surly when he was with yeah. the Nationals? Did he like? Did we see this with him? What and we was we just your kinda, experience like, with him? Because his numbers were were really good, and then they've you know they've fallen off, obviously, with the injuries and what's happened out in LA.
9: Yeah, I heard you guys talking about it, and uh, yeah, it was definitely um, an issue here. He would, you know, if he, he knew that. If he hit two bombs in a game, or or whatever, made the big play, he was going to have to talk to us after the game. And he made a habit of like putting a chair up in front of his locker with the back (laughs) to the reporters to like create a little ring, as if we were going to like crowd his space, which is like you know everybody's professional. So that was like a thing he would do. He would also he would talk at spring training when he got there. And then I remember one time he closed the session, said, "All right, talk to you guys on um, April." Second, Whenever opening day was, it's like I tried to break through that barrier um, a lot, and he's just not here for it. Now, I will also say it doesn't mean he's a bad person to the core. He contributed and was the point player um, for the Nationals Youth Baseball Academy for a lot of his years here. I know he gave money there um, that he didn't want, you know, public public credit for. Um, he spent a lot of time out there, so I think there's there's good in there, but there's also just unnecessary, unnecessary surliness. Um, so, you know, couple that with unavailability and poor performance, and I think you get kind of the worst-case scenario for him out, out in L.A. right now. Yep, yep,
2: deadly cocktail right now for Anthony Rendon. Barry, thanks for the time, man. We always appreciate it.
9: Appreciate it, guys. Have a great week. Yep, that's
2: Barry's Verluga, Washington Post sports Don't forget, coming up at 940, we'll talk Washington Capitals with our pal Joe Beninati right here on the fan. Coming up in just about 15 minutes at 940, Joe Beninati will join us. Of course, you know him as the Caps play-by-play voice on Monumental Sports Network. Caps take on the Devils tonight. So we'll talk to Joe B. in advance of that.
5: I know you wanted to give a Uh, shout-out,
4: Jason. Yeah,
3: um, yeah, everyone's heard about the uh, house explosion in Sterling on Friday night. Mm-hmm. There was a 500-gallon propane tank leaking uh, somewhere in the house, exploded, um, and a volunteer firefighter, Trevor Brown, was killed. Mm. I didn't know Trevor Brown. He lives in Ashburn, not too far from me, but I got a buddy who lives on his street who I know very well, and he, he just wanted me to mention it. Um, I mean, it's just a horrible thing. I mean, he's got a wife. He's got three young kids, 10, 8, and 6, mm. and they're all a mess. I mean, where's Daddy? What happened to Daddy? Um I think there's probably a GoFundMe page. I don't know what that is, I don't, but I'm sure if you contact the Loudon County Fire Department, they'll have some information for you. They're taking donations, um, and I'm sure, like I said, there's there's going to be a GoFundMe because they're going to need help. But it's just a horrible story. I mean, it's just an awful story that that happened. Um, so you know, keep them in your in your thoughts and prayers. And if you do want to donate, just reach out to Loudoun County Sheriff's Depart- or uh, Fire Department and and ask how to do that. I know that there are some neighbors that are accepting um gift cards and and cash stuff for in meals for the family. So if you're interested in that, just reach out to them and I'm sure they can direct you. Yeah, it's this a horrible story. That's oh, horrible. It's um you know, I, I can't even fathom.
5: Um hard to make this transition. I know we're going to the entertainment page momentarily mm-hmm. and I, I only want to spend a minute on this. Yeah. But we spend so much time talking about Tiger Woods every time he makes a return. Uh-huh. and i don't know the percentage but how often does this type of ending happen now for tiger woods's returns i mean <laughs> how many segments do we spend about sunday red it's tiger week <laughs> and he withdraws because of sickness but and i and it just seems like it it doesn't are you sh- surprised by that cakes it
2: was the least surprising thing i saw right in the last and three i don't know days. the
5: percentage of times he withdraws but it it just it's it doesn't seem to end well lately Val, uh, valdez do you know
3: do See, I know, were right.
5: you surprised he withdrew?
3: Um, well, yeah, you're. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised a- if if he. Withdrew based on injury. I was but I it was wasn't, worried about wasn't
8: for, for injury. Yeah, I was worried that he was going to uh, cite like a knee problem or back problem. Right. I'm actually relieved that yeah. he, <laughs> that he's sick. So this that is had, good news for yeah, you. Yeah, this is this is oh, great oh, news. It's <laughs> a good spin. <laughs> I'm relieved because I I thought I thought because he mentioned an objective viewpoint here. JP? He mentioned he mentioned his back after the shank on Thursday. Right. So yeah. when I saw so when I saw him getting. Uh, carded from the from the course, I go, oh boy! Please don't do this back spasm bit again. And then and then when he just had to duty all weekend from the In and Out Burger, it, I was relieved.
3: Yeah, and Spieth had Spieth, yeah, Spieth had to duty too. But yeah. I guess it's just, look, this is coming from
8: somebody
5: that doesn't follow you know week in and week out the PGA Tour.
3: Uh-huh.
5: I'm like cakes. I'm I'm a casual. I'll watch, you know, the Masters. That's
3: generous. <laughs> <laughs> you're not even a casual. PGA no, I think Tour I'm fan. a
5: casual fan. I play.
3: Well, you're, no, you're a casual golfer, but not a PGA Tour fan. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Unless um, it's a big tournament. But to me, it seems like, and m- maybe it's mostly injuries. This one was sickness. But it seems like 50% of the time he
3: enters a tournament, he doesn't finish. Well, he only plays two or three a year now. I mean, right. he's going to hopefully play more than that this year. But, yeah, he's withdrawn probably once or twice the last two or three years, all based on injury.
4: Yeah, there yeah. were
3: I mean, he's had 500 surgeries. <laughs> Cakes, was I searching mean, for that it's clip <laughs>
2: for like No, I'm looking for the Tiger Woods, you suck. I don't know where it
3: is. I, 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 I
2: scramble. I'm scrambling like Tiger. But, but
3: it is disappointing when you're kind of looking forward to, to seeing him play. Um, and who knows if he would have made the cut? But looking forward to seeing him play, and then he withdraws. It was just kind of shocking when I first saw that he was he withdrew. I said, "It's the back, <laughs> it or it's the knee, or it's the you know, it's the leg. Something's yeah. something's going on there." But it was sun-
8: Sunday Brown.
3: Sunday Brown, <laughs> especially after the shank, which you never see. From- Wasn't
5: there another guy who supposedly had In and Out Burger? And was just destroying the bathroom and had to
8: run to the tee.
2: Are you guys because... doing a bit about the In and Out? No, no, no.
8: It's a, it's a real thing. It Really
2: in, took down a it bunch wasn't of there people. In and Out? Yeah, In and Out <laughs>
8: Burger catered uh, cater <laughs> yeah, <I> <laughs> there that they were
2: on the course, but like it's
8: yeah a... pro uh, am. And mm. then Tiger was eating the burger. That's Pizza where Tiger eating. took off the
3: pickles. Remember? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They're, they'll never eat that again. Who's
5: the Donk who had to sprint to with the tee? So he I miss that. I miss that. Miss first tee. You guys hamburger. didn't see that? I missed I didn't, that. I didn't. It was an Asian golfer. I'm not hamburger. sure his name. And they showed him, like, running. And he said he was late because he was destroying the bathroom.
2: Hamburger. Look, I got a lot of hate a few years ago when I said In-N-Out Burger was very meh. I was underwhelmed by it. I stand I stand by that. And will continue to stand by that.
3: Oh, yeah, I missed that. Um, oh, here it is. Is it Michael Kim? Sounds right. Or Tom Kim. Tom Kim, sorry. There you go. Tom Kim. Tom Kim was scheduled to go off at 11 a.m. And And he was in the bathroom and he had to run to the (laughs) tea to to make it. Otherwise, he would have been
5: speefed.
7: It it amuses me. It makes me feel good. Just like in People Magazine, you know, in the beginning, in front it says they're just like us. Right. (laughs) Tiger Woods having diarrhea. Yeah. (laughs) It just amuses me. And he's like, his life isn't so great after all. You know he's got the same issues as the rest of us.
8: Yeah, I, I was very concerned when the the ambulance was at the <laughs> yeah. at, at the grave. You were concerned. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I <laughs> was there a Brandon Lang sighting? Is he
2: carrying a bag for anybody at Riviera I, Country Club? I think, over Tiger was, I
8: think Tiger was embarrassed too yeah. because he
3: had his head in his hands. Yeah, okay. he did.
2: I, I will say this. that's just
3: a terrible feeling, by the way, when you're out somewhere amongst a bunch of people. Oh. And you're just starting to feel it. And you get rumbly and yeah, the tumbly. Sure, you get a wave. You get a big wave, mm-hmm. and I mean, what are you supposed to do? You got to find I mean, the closest if gets, bathroom. If he has a huge wave, he can't continue. <laughs> no, definitely I mean, can. he can't go out there and hit shots. He's got to go to the bathroom quick, or he's going to be all over the tee box.
2: His Sunday red. I'll say this, and I'm not a tiger guy. I'm you not mean, a tiger Sunday, guy. sunday red. red. <laughs> I thought it looked better on him than it looked in the artist renderings and everything we saw leading up to the tournament. I think the I logo. Thought it looked better.
8: I think the logo, when it's small, looks looks sharp.
2: Right. I think I, you know what? It's going to grow on you, Valdez. It's going to grow on you. Eventually, you're going to relent. You're going to you're going to come in here when I, it, when it hits like the the discount on, rack
8: on and, Friday. On Friday, Tiger was wearing the uh, the outfit that he first wore at Riv in 1996. Oh, he did? Yes, the same color mm. combination. <laughs> On Friday, was that the blue? Yes, yeah. the red, white, and blue. Here's the yeah. problem
5: with Sunday red. Yeah. Tiger did not get to Sunday very yeah. often. Friday red.
2: <laughs> <laughs> have, Saturday red might have been. Um, but that's that entails well, Tiger, making the cut.
8: Well, the uh, Riviera, that tournament, the Genesis, Tigers had a lot of issues with that tournament because that's when he almost died. Oh, that's right. Yep, yeah. that's right. And I blame David Spade. <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
2: I always, always blame David Why? Because Spade Why allegedly gave him like gummies. And then he, that's like, just what I
8: think. Cause he uh, was doing a promo shoot with him.
2: Oh, so you have no concrete evidence whatsoever. Uh, I've
8: no, this is, a, <laughs> this is all theory. <laughs> yeah. He was doing a shoot with, yeah. with Dwayne Wade, David Spade. And I think Jada Pinkett Smith. Yes, okay. correct. And, um, stayed think, out a little too late. And so I think David Spade and Tiger were on the prowl. No pun intended. <laughs> um, and they stayed out too late, and Tiger woke up in a haze, mm-hmm. in a gummy fueled haze, right, and was speeding, yep. and crashed his Genesis, yep,
2: speeding like Jason on the way back yeah. from North Carolina this weekend. I have no, <laughs> I have no
8: details, <laughs> but that's just
2: what yeah, I, I was
5: not
3: under the influence.
5: You were not. I should have known the Tiger topic would last more than a minute. I'm I'm Sorry, yeah. I don't, don't want to derail it. the EP. Jason, I love
2: it. You know what? You dodged a bullet. No EP today because uh, Joe Beninati is going to join us oh, next good. to talk about the Washington Capitals. You, know, well, you so,
3: can move it to tomorrow. So
2: Joe B. will join us next right here on The Fan. Even though we didn't do the EP, we'll give the sponsor some love. The EP would have been driven by BMW of Fairfax. Electric vehicles are all the rage. And EB's guy Mike Walker is doubling down by doubling your EV credit. If the rebate's $7,500, that means 15000 bucks in savings. If it's 9900 9900 Mike said to just round up to 20K, more at bmwfairfax.com. Right now, we are going to go to the BetQL guest hotline, say hello to our friend Joe Beninati, Capitals play-by-play voice on Monumental Sports Network. Good morning, Joe B. How are you? I'm doing well, Casey. How about you and the guys? We are doing well. It's a massive one at Capital One Arena tonight. Joe, I like to grasp that the Caps are going to make that last spot, that last wild card spot in the East. I will not surrender until they are mathematically eliminated, and they have 56 points. The Devils have 60. The Devils have played one more game than them. This is a four-point potential swing game tonight in D.C. It's It's a big one.
10: Huge, and especially with you know, with regard to the schedule, it it's weird for me to say, even at this point, and, and even two weeks ago, that the Capitals only have seven division games left. This is one of those, and it's one of those swing games against the team that they're battling with, with regard to um, to postseason play. Cakes, I'm not so sure if the best way to the playoffs for the Capitals wouldn't be to get to third in the Metro Division. I, I realize that Philadelphia occupies that spot right now, but I wouldn't be surprised by season's end if both wild cards go to teams out of the Atlantic Division and that there are only three spots available for Metro Division squads. Mm. So to me, the the race is really on for that spot, and there are four Metro teams that are fighting for it, obviously, when you consider the Devs, the Islanders, the Caps, and the Penguins. I just seem to think like if it's going to be a postseason for Washington, it may be out of that number three spot in the Metro. Tell us what they did right,
5: particularly in the third period against the Canadians that they could carry over.
10: Pace of play is is key. I really think jp for um for this team, it's been an inconsistency. There have been times where they look like they can hang uh, with the world beaters of the league. There was a spell there coming back off of the All-Star break where they had a a murderer's row kind of schedule, Florida, uh, Boston, Colorado, Vancouver. They were very competitive in those games. They shut out the Boston Bruins in one of those games. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's the style they need to play. It's a pace of play kind of thing. It's a conscious effort in the defensive zone kind of thing. And I think what New Jersey brings to the table tonight, speed and depth, that's at times elite, I think the Caps will have focus to play that way, quote, the right way. Um, You you can't be making mistakes and turning the puck over, especially concentrate on on the game tonight in between the blue lines, guys, because if the Caps are possessing the puck and getting into the offensive zone as cleanly as they can, they're not fueling New Jersey's transition game. If you're making mistakes and the passes aren't good between the blue lines and there are potential turnovers – then you're, just, you're playing with fire because this Jersey team loves to get up and go on your mistakes. Joe,
2: getting back to the Montreal game for just a second, the Caps welcomed back Sonny Milano after I, I believe it was like a two-month stretch with him sidelined. He pays some immediate dividends, scores a goal in that game, and he's never been a prolific goal scorer in his career. He's got 14, I think, twice in his career so far. But on a team that struggles to find the back of the net, I'm sure that Spencer Carberry isn't, you know, nitpicking here. He'll take goals from anybody. So nice sign to have uh, Sonny back, and, and for him to be scoring in his first game back in quite a while.
10: Exactly. We hadn't seen him since uh, mid-December. He took a high hit from Jacob Truba of the Rangers, and uh, it, it's been a while without Sonny. And, and Sonny's the top of the list for Sonny in terms of his attributes is a skill set. He, he's a hands guy. Leo Locker will call him a hands guy. Uh, a guy who has phenomenal abilities with a puck on his stick and can help create. And and you're exactly right. When you're the team that's, I want to say, still the lowest scoring squad in the Eastern Conference, you'll take any uh, offensive, positive offensive contributions that are that you can muster. And to see him get one in the first game back was was dynamite. I thought he worked really well with Mike Scarbosa and Max Pacioretty. That line had several quality shifts. You know, JP's talking about what happened in the third period. Those guys really did ramp up, too, and when they had the puck uh, in the third, they were a threat. So I, I would imagine that that trio stays together tonight and, and hopefully gives the Devils the same kind of trouble.
2: Now the bad news coming out of that Montreal game is Martin Farivari, lower leg injury. He, I believe he was spotted on either crutches or a walking boot leaving the arena. Carbs called it a week-to-week situation with him. Uh, who goes in in his stead Tonight and going forward, because it looks like he's going to be out for a while.
10: Yeah, let's hope it's it's just a couple of weeks, and that it's not multiple, multiple weeks after uh, after that type of injury. Marty's had a, a rough season this season. He plays so hard, he's so fast, and the collisions that he creates in and around the goal, behind the goal, on the defensive end, a lot of the times uh, leave your head spinning. Going, how in the world did he get up out of that one? But this one, he didn't come come away with uh, come away from in good shape. If they're going to be missing him for a while, it means extra duty and elevation, I think, in role for Rasmus Sandine, for the likes of Alex Alexiev, for Ethan Baer. I think you're going to see those three guys, especially with regard to Sandine. I would think Sandine jumps up to play with Carlson. We're about to get to the, to the morning skate today to see if those are the pairings. But to me, Sandine's numbers will climb in terms of time on ice, and it's an open-the-door situation for either – uh Alex Alexiev or Ethan Bear since Fervari's a, a left-handed shooter cakes i think Alexiev has the the edge there in that uh, he's a lefty bears the righty it's not that uh, they can't pop bear in there van Riemsdyk's a player who can who can play on the offside and has shown an ability to do so and i thought trevor came back uh really well from his own um illness and and um i, I thought he looked the part against montreal was skating extremely well and when he does that that helps the caps get out of their own zone quicker than normal
3: joe b i'm just basing this question off of the numbers i'm looking at here but has darcy played a little bit better in february than he did in january it looks like he has maybe slightly but looks like he has
10: bish i think that's safe to say and and he's um he gets rewarded for that with a solid effort in montreal uh he, he gets the win there I know Charlie's been playing extremely well all season. Uh, Lindgren's win losses of late have been going the wrong way. And, and that's, I mean, it's just, just the whole team had been in a spell now where you've lost eight of ten. So both Darcy and Charlie are taking losses on the chin. But uh, Kemper's overall performance, I think, has been steadier. Charlie's had the ability to steal a few games and make the incredible saves that, that come at the right times that, that keep you in games. I thought uh, Kemper's been doing more and more of that. They're going to have to do that, and we've we've addressed this throughout the season that the Caps are not built to win games 4-3. That's an aberration, I think, with regard to you look at the way they've played this season. They usually win games 3-2, 2-1. You get into 4-3, 5-4, that's that's not normally where they need to go. So from a goaltending standpoint, I think the guys – the guys show up at the rink going, all right, let's keep things to under three. And if they keep things under three, the Caps are right there to to battle with most. Talking
5: to Joe Beninati, voice of the Washington Capitals on the Monumental Sports Network. Tell me about Connor McMichael. Assess his play. He's not a rookie this year. He had played, I don't know, almost 70 games for the Capitals. But for years, we kept hearing about him. He's getting more opportunity, right, with Kuzi out. Um, how's he fared?
10: Yeah, absolutely. He's getting that that lift in the in terms of where he's playing in the line combinations. Both Kuznetsov and Backstrom. He, you figured those two would be in the lineup. To not have those top two offensive guys, you're leaning heavily upon Dylan Strom, who's performed really, really well, leading mm-hmm. the team in goals and and right there with regard to points with Ovechkin. McMichael's role has been elevated, and he went ice cold there for close to six to eight weeks. I'm encouraged that I think he's had more scoring opportunities of late and with his skill set, they're just bound to go before too long. Uh, I know that we haven't seen the devils or at least, you know, the the games against the devils this season, Connor's played some of his best hockey. I know he's got a couple of goals against them. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, that trend will continue tonight. Um, He had a game winner against the devils earlier this season. Uh, McMichael for me, is a player with um, a really big upside, and I think you're starting to see flashes of it. I know they'd love to see it more consistently. Uh, I know he's been snake bit for a while there, like I said, ice cold for a while. Both he and Alexei Protus um, were playing incredibly well November, December, not as much so in, in January. And I, I think for Connor now, he realizes he needs to. Uh, make an upturn and, and help the team as much as he can down the stretch now where the, where the playoff picture is starting to come become more clear.
3: Joe B., we've got about three minutes here. Um, for this team to get back in the playoff mix, and I'm probably asking a lot, but they've got to win three in a row because the last time they won three in a row was December 21st. Okay, So they have not been able to put together a streak, and if they're going to climb back into the standings, they've got to win three in a row. I think mean, they're almost like must-wins. I know we we talked about that the last time. Um, So, Jersey tonight and then Tampa on the road on Thursday. I I think they got to go on a streak, and I'm not sure they can do it.
10: Yeah, the the players and the coaches, Spencer Carver, talks about stacking wins, and that's what you're referring to. And um, it's just a matter of time now. Mathematically, if you don't do that, if you're just playing 500 hockey, the odds are where you are in the standings, you're not going to climb, you're not going to elevate. This team does need to go on a roll, and, and, Bish, you're asking them to do so Uh, with perhaps the most daunting month ahead in the schedule in terms of I know it's from a from a business standpoint of playing every other night they play 15 games in March in 30 days and they have to get hot it has to be almost like a playoff type scheme there you're in the playoffs now for them I think you're you're battling for that and for that position but you're exactly right it's it's Way beyond the time for this team to go on a four- or five-game roll, and it would be right about now that it would really serve them well if they could get going like that, try to create some distance. There's a there's a pack of teams. Most of them are Metro teams, Devils, Islanders, Caps, and Penguins that are all clustered there between 55 and 60 points. If you get hot at the right time and you're playing the, against teams in the Eastern Conference that you're battling for either for a divisional uh, standings or for wild card standings. If you're beating them, if you're winning a game like tonight, then it, it's got that double whammy effect to it. Especially if it's not one of those quote unquote three point games, guys. If the Caps can beat the Devils in regulation, there's your there's your potential four point kind of swing. And you put a couple of those back to back, then all of a sudden you try you start to create some separation, you gain some momentum. But your comment is is. Exactly right, Bish. If they are going to get back into this race the way we want them to, they need to go on a stretch where instead of losing 8 of 10, they need to go out there and win 8 of 10.
2: Joe B., looking forward to the call tonight with you and Locker from downtown D.C. Hope the Caps can get those two-slash-four points tonight. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Go get them, boys. Thanks for the time. Yep, that's Joe Beninati, Capitals' play-by-play voice right here on Monumental Sports Network. So hopefully the Caps can get that. Dub. Speaking of dubs, the listeners are going to get one right now. Call caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. You're going to score two tickets to Luke Bryan's Mind of a Country Boy Tour 2024, Saturday, June 22nd at Jiffy Lube Live. Tickets are on sale right now. For tickets and more event info, go to the slash events. Those tickets are courtesy of Live Nation. So call in now and you win. You don't pay for them. That's the best way to do it.
5: By the way, um, I stay in touch with Sacktown Mike a little bit. He was mm-hmm. texting me last night, said he was going to call in for a Daytona preview. I'm mm-hmm. over it. He says it all the time. <laughs> never comes through. The guy who won the Daytona 500, I'd never heard of him before. Neither. But then when I heard him kind of talk about his journey, do you realize he started with iRacing? He was yeah. racing on a
7: simulator.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you got to start it. somewhere, right?
3: Good put some, I, guess he I put some wagers silly.
5: on
7: it and I lost. Well, when he was really young, but he finished in the top three last year. Yeah. Yeah. He's obviously right. good. Yeah, good. Yeah,
5: I
1: mean, I don't think really. I say,
3: did he was fifteen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only thing that was really on yesterday. All right, we
2: got to run. We're out of here. <laughs> Be Mitchell Finley coming up next here on the fan.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.